Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Did you wash your hands? With soap? Did you dry them? Is this all vegetables? Who wanted all vegetables? I did. So, are we going to talk about it? What? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes, and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> Whoa! I like Mom's new job! Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it this I don't way. know that way. Why would they change math? Mm, math is math. Okay, math Dad. is math! Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? Everything's great. Is she having adolescence? And Jack Jack? He's in excellent health. What the? Num num cooking. Cooking. Wow, gay. That is freaky. You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. Combustion imminent? What does that mean? Ah! It means fire, Robert. The screen slater interrupts this program for an important announcement. Suit up. It might get weird. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. You know who's in Clueless? Uh, who's, who's in Clueless? Uh, Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. Paul uh, Rudd. Paul Rudd. Uh, uh, Brittany Murphy. What's his name? The it's dude, like a big 90s the movie. The dude that played Turk from... Um, Donald Faison? Donald Faison, yeah. From what's that nursing show? Yeah, Donald Faison. I've never remembered his name. I didn't watch Scrubs, but... Yeah, Donald Faison. Scrubs was the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Donald Faison, welcome to the Animation (laughs) Station podcast. My name is Josh, and joining me on this very incredible episode... That was an awful segue. Oh, so good. No, it was bad. I have uh, Liam and Brittany from Cloud City Cast. How's it going, guys? Hello, hello. We're happy to be here. Hola. Hola. Whole lot of incredible on this episode. <laughs> yes. Okay, I didn't know where you're going. I know that. you didn't. Uh, this is episode 105, so Ding. we're getting up in age. Um, yeah. We've got about maybe less than three times as many episodes as Cloud City Cast, so we're slowly, <laughs> we're slowly building up our repertoire. Um, but yeah, so today... We're going to be talking about almost Disney Pixar's because it's the same company. Gavin's not here to argue. <laughs> Disney's Incredibles or The Incredibles 2. 
Incredibles 2. Yeah, just think. Incredibles 2. Is there a two. the? There's no the? So it's just Incredibles 2. Yeah, let's let's check that out right now. Pretty sure it's just Incredibles I mean, it's, 2. It's talking about the family, so well, I would assume Incredibles it would be... 2. Yeah, okay. the first movie was called The Incredibles. The second is one is just Incredibles 2. 2. I don't even think the first one was called The Incredibles. Yeah, it says it right there on Wikipedia. The, I don't 2004 is The Incredibles. Wikipedia because yeah. you could go in and write something for Wikipedia. I could, but I true. didn't. No, right. Look at the poster. Even says The Incredibles. All right. I guess I. How believe dare that. you doubt I me? I on that my poster. favorite Pixar film. <laughs> it's Incredibles. Maybe we're just lazy and we leave it off. We could be lazy. No, but we are. That sounds that sounds about right. So uh, this is going to be a uh, so I'm going to throw this one out there. This is going to be a spoiler heavy episode. So tons of spoilers everywhere. But before we do that, we do have some news to go through. Um, first bit of news: uh, we had Acon last week, and that was fun. Hannah and I went. We posted a lot of stuff on Instagram, so a lot of cool cosplay pictures. Um, we did a, uh, we went to a lot of panels. We recorded one, which was the voice acting in video games with Matt Mercer, David Vincent, Keith Silverstone, and, uh, sorry, Silverstein and Cassandra Lee Morris. Um, so we recorded that one. That is on, on, on our unlocked. So if you go to unlocked.com slash, uh, the ASP, you can watch that. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so thanks to the guys at Akon. Uh, we'll have an actual Akon episode pretty soon where we kind of just kind of talk about all of our experiences and everything. But we do have uh, some more news coming out of Cartoon Saloon. They announced their newest... It lo- it's going to be a, a TV series that's going to be on Disney. Um, it's going to be called Viking School. So okay. I, I don't know if it's kind of like how how to train your dragon type sounds like it thing, but yeah, we put the post uh, we put the uh, the poster that they have on our Instagram so you can check that out. It looks pretty cool. Um, it's it's that same cartoon saloon style, so very much Secret of Kells. Yeah. Um, looking Song so of the sea. exactly. So it looks pretty good. Awesome. Um, I'm excited. It's coming to Disney. Well, I feel like you guys talked well, about that a while. Back. Well. Disney, like Ireland, or like like okay. the Euro- the European. It's going to be distributed by Disney. Okay, out there. Yeah. So then it would be a year or so before, if they ever wanted to bring it over here. Because I feel yeah. like there's always like that big gap of did it do well or well enough? All right, yeah. Disney will bring it out here to XD. And, and that and that happens a lot. Like there was a uh, there was a show that was really popular over there called I can't remember. Um, but Jules de Young was in it. Yeah, I know. It was pretty good. Um, she, she's in it. They brought it over to Cartoon Network, played like 10 episodes and then like kicked it off because it didn't do well over here. Over there, it's really good. But over here, they're like, nah, there's, there's nothing, nothing doing. That happens. Also, uh, the Animation Station podcast is now on Google Play. So after all kinds of stuff. Struggles to try and get ourselves on the Google Play. We are now available on Google Play. Uh, also, uh, one last bit of news. Um, Hannah and I, good Lord Almighty, guys. Um, I just see you messing around in my little thing here. Um, Hannah and Doing I... interpretive dancing on this side yeah. yes. of the country, if you guys didn't know. 
um, all the way up in Cloud City. Um, <laughs> Han and I are going to be at a screening of Gundam Wing Endless Waltz tomorrow at the Tower Theater in There's Oklahoma no? City. Uh, <laughs> no, the one in uh, the one in downtown Oklahoma City. Uh, conveniently, there are Tower Theaters all over the place. Um, so we'll so be odd. there, and then after that, we're going to be on a panel with uh, a couple other people, and we're going to be talking about Gundam Wing and all kinds of fun stuff about that. So we're going to be discussing the movies, thoughts, characters, all that fun stuff. Nice. Cool. Are you guys uh, streaming your panel? Or... Uh, yes, we're going to put it on Unlocked as well. So um, tomorrow at Unlocked, we'll we'll post. Um, you know, just follow our Instagram. We'll post the link on there, and it's a free download, so all you have to do is download it on... Uh, right now, I believe it's only on uh, iOS. It's coming to Android, but it's not there yet. So just download it if you have an iOS, and you can download it on your iPad, your Mac, your whatever. Um, watch that, and yeah, we'll be there. And it's absolutely free. I like that. I like free. Yeah, free is <laughs> doable. Yes, free is definitely doable. Um. So, have you guys been watching anything other than Incredibles? Yes. Uh, what was the that piece of crap we were watching the other day? Oh, that Ferdinand Force. Magellan. The, the, the I did not watch it. You Ferdinand were. Magellan. The, Ferdinand the, the donkey bowl. bowl. <laughs> the flower it, bowl. Wasn't the, the movie just bowl. called Ferdinand? I guess. Oh, um, Ferdinand. We, yeah, yeah, we watched that because her dad had it um, from Redbox Red or something. Yeah. So it was sort of on in the background. And uh, I think I caught like the last 20 minutes of the film. And I'm sure it was like really emotionally investing had you caught the first hour. But for me, obviously, since I hadn't, it was not really investing for me. Um, but the animation was really well done. So that that was definitely impressive. Um, I thought John Cena was a unfortunate choice uh, for the main <laughs> character, but... Um, you know, wasn't my pick, so nobody consulted me anyways. Uh, but no, I, I mean, if you're looking at just animation style or if you're familiar with the book, I think you, Brittany, no. you've read it. No, you hadn't, but you knew it was a book, right? Yeah, I knew it was a book. Okay, I didn't even know it was a book. Um, I, I could see people that were fans of the book probably being fans of the of the, the movie, but for me, I, I'm old. It was not geared towards me, so I, I totally get that. Um but yeah, if you if you just are a fan of animation or a fan of that book, I would say go ahead and, and watch that one. But anything else animated-wise that we've really... No, because we didn't even really tune into uh, Sherlock Gnomes or whatever oh, it was Oh, God, that called. was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I tuned out like in the opening credits for that But Johnny one. Depp sounded good. Which stink... Well, he sounds like Johnny Depp. Johnny he, Depp is uh... a British version of himself now. Uh, okay. So, um, no, with that one, same thing, but I wasn't a huge fan of the first Gnomes, what was Gnomeo and Juliet. I wasn't a big fan of that one, which sucks because it's Emily Blunt and James McAvoy, both of which are phenomenal actors. But yeah, just the, the plot of the film was not super uh, enticing, and I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, and even this one couldn't keep my attention. So yeah, so we lightly caught two animated films, neither of which uh, we would recommend. <laughs> but... The trailers for Incredibles 2, there's a lot to look forward to. I feel like yes. every trailer was kind of a hit, animated-wise. Well, well, there's we, the Grinch. They didn't show that one for ours. Yeah, we didn't get the Grinch. I do want to see the, the Grinch. Grinch. And then we got some weird... We got the Bumblebee one. Oh, that and, looked good. And then we also got... Little I feet, don't know. Little foot. What? 
little foot or little oh, feet, little whatever feet. it is, the one that's the from the point of like view of the Yetis. Bigfoot, but little foot. Oh, Humans no, are the monsters. That. No, I, I, we got that. You said one. you said little foot, and I was like, the land before time. They <laughs> that's stopped. what I thought too. Well, that's what it's called. It's either little foot or little feet. But yeah, it's yeah. it's basically. From uh, the Yeti's point of view, and they think that humans are monsters because they're like, look at how tiny we're, their feet are. We're the myths. Like, humans yeah. are the myths. Yeah, yeah not Yetis. So oh. it's really weird. Yeah. But that, uh, that that sounds like something Sony would do. Is that a Sony animation? Yeah. Because yeah. it's. Uh, I was about to say, it sounds like something Sony would do. It's Channing, Channing Tatum as Zendaya. the lead, as like the main. Um, and Common is also. And Common. Yeah, it's, so yeah. G- interesting, like, cast. I'm True, but, interested, but meh. I don't know. Uh, Remy else? seemed to like that one though. Yeah, yeah the Bumblebee trailer that. actually looks really good, and I'm not a huge fan of the Michael Bay Transformer films. Um, but I, this one actually does weird. look pretty good. It looked good. like she was falling in love with him, and I was, was awesome. like, "Wait a sec, this seems." I mean, I Probable. guess. Well, if you've seen, if you've seen Solo, then it works. <laughs> uh, what was well, the? Those other? are a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm trying to think. What was the other animated? Um, they showed the Teen Titans. Yeah, Teen oh, Titans. Yeah, we got go. Teen Titans too. Teen Titans yeah, looks, looks good. funny. It looks so good. Well, but, we enjoy the animated show, yeah. so we're looking forward to this movie because it's just hilarious. Nah, I'm pretty sure you're Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It was good stuff. Oh, uh, and, and it's freaking like what's his name? The same guy. Um, the guy that's uh, voicing Slade Wilson. Yeah, he's Lego Batman. Um, yeah, Will, Will Arnett. Is it Will Arnett? Arnett? Yeah, so good. Um, we got Christopher Robin. Yeah, which yeah, not Christopher Robin, but CGI. So. Did you get some weird like thing where it was like a dude and like there's like a robot dog? Did you get uh, that one? No, but I've dog. seen a trailer for that one. It's called like Max or something like that. Something like that. Or wait, it was AJ Max Axel, is Axel. Movie. Axel. 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 Yeah, it's like a, it's basically a transformer robot dog, and yeah. they're on the run from the government that is trying to capture the robot dog. Sounds just like Transformers, but with well, a robot it, dog. It's it's just like that. Remember that Monster Trucks movie that just came out? Like oh, Taylor bombed? Kitchen. It was oh. so bad. This looks like the dude who's like Taylor Kitchen's little brother, and I was like, yeah. wait, because like they have the exact same like long hair. Yep. So I was like, wait, what is this? Did they just now you have a dog and with your monster truck? I got confused. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be like the next like series of movies, like how Jack Ryan is like a thing of movies. <laughs> Jack it's Ryan's like, been a thing for books for no, decades. No, but this is going to be like the next Monster Trucks with this kid, and, and then, now he's an Axel. That's their shared now... universe. They're going to be like, we're going to bring it all together because that worked so well for Universal with their monster movies. Mm-hmm. They did the Mummy and it's that. It's going to be a big hit. That definitely. Works. Twenty more years. You wait. Oh God, so yeah, terrible. You just, just got to wait. Um, let's see. Uh, since the last episode uh, came out that we actually filmed live and wasn't recorded, um, watch Troll Hunters. That was good. That, season two or the first one? Uh, season what was this? Part, season part B, season three. whatever it's called. The last season the last three. Season. Yeah, oh, series God, we three. Finale. Finished two. We're behind. Yeah, yeah, you guys are behind. I think we're still we'll on like the first half of season one. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, we finished the first half I of don't the first remember season what of the like. Part A, and then there was Part B. Okay. Uh, then I think like season five or whatever of Voltron's out. Everybody mm. loves Voltron. It like no, just it, came I out. Watched, I watched like the first three episodes, and I, that was enough. It was not like it wasn't the Voltron that I remembered. Like it didn't have that same excitement that like the '80s Voltron had. So I don't know. It didn't. 
old sway for me. Yeah, and then I started because I it popped up on my Netflix. It was like, watch The Hollow. It's this new animated thing. Yeah, we watched so the trailer I was, for that. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it. I watched three episodes. I don't know what it's supposed to be. No. <laughs> like, I honestly have no idea. I don't know if it's a drama, if it's a comedy, if it's a dramedy, if it's a suspense thing. I, I, I literally, after the end of the third episode, I'm like, I, I guess I can continue, but I don't know what this is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Is this drawn by ten year olds? What is happening? Like, yeah, yeah. the animation kind of lost me, so I don't even want to dive in. No, same. Yeah, but it had Ashley Ball in it, and I'm like, I like Ashley Ball. She voices a couple of the My Little Ponies. So I was like, cool, I like <laughs> Ashley Ball. I'll listen to her. And then I was like, well, that I, I'm not going to watch the other seven episodes just for one character because yeah. I don't like any of this. Yeah, no, we did not give the hollow or whatever it was called a chance. No. I don't know. It looked interesting and then not at the same time. Like it was right. kind of like, oh, I like this. I don't really care enough. It's like they it's like the trailer should have stopped like at 15 to 20 seconds cuz the longer it went the more we yeah. were like no. Maybe they no, don't know what no. they want to be either. It, it honestly it's a distinct possibility but one thing I was actually I was just thinking about Netflix does really well with their live action stuff. Yes. Other than Death Note. But the like all <laughs> of Death the Death Note wasn't that bad. It wasn't that wasn't good that either. Good, it wasn't no, here's the thing like if you if you say this is not like the Japanese Death Note, it's like a branch off of Death Note, then it's okay. No, yeah, if you try to watch it as like its own thing, yeah. then you're like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. this isn't that bad." Yeah. But then you watch the original Death Note and you go, "But it could have been this." So why wasn't it just this? See, that's true though. The, he has a good point. Like if you had no idea what the heck Death Note is, which I bet a ton of Netflix Watchers, yeah. subscribers don't know what Death Note is. So they probably watched it and were like, this is intense. This is really cool. Yeah. And then if they go on to the other thing, they might think the Japanese Death Note is like, Ugh, This is too what? intense. Yeah, there's too much. You know? I, 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 don't, I don't think that's possible, but there's maybe that one person out there that's like, no, I like the live I, action I think better. we are the smaller uh, subscribers of Netflix that right. know Death Note. But but I, I think that's kind of the thing though is like the 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 anything that has been animated like whether it's anime or not that was like Netflix original or them buying an intellectual property and expanding on it I haven't enjoyed. No. Now that I'm thinking about it, I was like I don't think there's a single animated thing that was like a Netflix was, original that I was like, yeah, this is what great. What was that um the burger, the one that worked at the at the fast food joint? Was that a Netflix thing? Oh, that's thing? the Devil is a Part-Timer. No, that was oh. that was a no, That's import. that's a straight anime. Okay, uh, then and that's why that was and good. And they've never done a second season of it. And that it was amazing. Good. I did enjoy that one. That show was super good. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go with like, I I liked uh, Agretzico, that which, well, I, which is not really, it's not a Netflix original. Um, it doesn't count. It, it so it doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. Uh, Big Mouth was good. No, uh, that was and, terrible. And Troll Hunters was good. Oh, was Big Mouth, Big Mouth the was, kind John of Delaney? like American Dad style? Um, yeah, but um, yeah. It's a bunch of kids just talking about boners the whole time. Oh, like, it's, it's about so puberty. They're bad. going through puberty. Oh no, no, no! It's hilarious. No, um, it was well. Funny. There's like you're you're right. It's not that good, but there's <laughs> a they bring a dude who does like a killer Freddie Mercury impression on. Oh, we didn't get that far. I think no. we watched the first episode. We got Maybe two. The two, we got episodes. two episodes in and was just like, no, I don't want to watch any more of this. But that's what I'm saying is like it's kind of a letdown because their live action stuff is so good that it's like why do you miss yeah. the mark time after time with the animated stuff? Mm. 
I mean, I know a ton of people that do love Troll Hunters. It just hasn't resonated with me. Or, or with yeah, either. me either. Uh, I don't a lot of people love BoJack Horseman. Oh, a lot of people do yeah, love people that. Yeah, people do like yeah. that one. Yeah. We we do. Do. It's, it's one of them that I've never watched, but I know a lot of people that yeah. love it. They're terrible. We are negative Nancy's today. animation. I don't know. But the live action stuff is good. Thanks yeah. thanks, thanks for coming on the Animation Station podcast, guys, with your <laughs> negative attitude. Well, we wanted to... Counterbalance. We want to be the negatives this time. Well, I don't know. Oh, We're talking okay. about Incredibles. Never right. mind. Never mind. We're no, that's right that's back. my job to be the uh, negative in, yep. as we move forward. Nancy. We might not be friends after this episode, guys. All right, so possible. let's go ahead and just rip this Band-Aid off. Let's talk about Incredibles 2. Kick the the out. Um, so let's do Incredibles 2. So this is the follow-up for the 2004 Four. The Incredibles so fourteen only, years later, yeah, fourteen years. Um, now let's again. We're gonna do spoilers here, so get ready for that, guys. Um, this this movie has made what a hundred and eighty million dollars opening weekend. Or oh yeah, yeah opening yeah. weekend, yes. And then two thirty right now. Yeah, two thirty five point eight. Yeah, so it's 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 done some money. It's past its budget. Well, it's. It's reported budget, but there's probably yeah, been a lot of money for marketing. Oh, but sure. honestly, this one, I don't think we... It wasn't like a ton of trailers that we got, and a lot of the teasers were sort of redundant, but yeah. they were all still they, they were good. They were also like, like... The one that I remember seeing a lot was the was the Jack-Jack in Mr. Incredible, where he like holds him up and then yeah. Like yeah. shoots his hair. You yeah. have powers! Yeah, baby! Yeah, that one. And then uh, the other one was just the Jack-Jack phasing through the wall and then stumbling with laser eyes, and then he bisects the eye. So yeah, that was the, the two. teaser. That, but those were the two that I remember seeing the most right. out of everything. Like, we didn't get a, honestly, we didn't get a whole lot of promotion, but I don't think we needed a lot for this one. I think the 14-year wait was like promotion enough. Anybody that was excited to see this film was already chomping at the bit waiting for it to come out. Yeah. Well, and if they would have given more, I think it would have um, given away. It. Yeah, given away too much of the plot. So it was nice that they kind of stuck with. Yeah, there is a new villain. Other than let's stop just showing Underminer. There is the Screen Slaver, but that's all we're giving you. Yeah. This is what which, he looks like. Which we had Underminer, and then like we just didn't care about him the rest of the movie. Yeah, I which thought was that was great. like, bro, that guy won. Like, yeah. <laughs> he totally did it. So, yeah, no, you would think that Underminer is going to be the villain, like, just because that's how we ended the first movie, but it ends up being like, oh, no, this is basically a red herring. We're just going to show that even this family is not, uh, like, the family is infallible. Like, they're they're not infallible. There is the potential for them to, you know, not be able to finish the job, to to get the villain. And I think that sort of set us on the right course to feel like there was going to be... you know, discourse within the family themselves. Like there, there wasn't going to be everybody's on the same page and everything's hunky dory, kind of the way that we ended the first film. So I, I, I know I kind of dug that. If anything, I didn't when watching the teasers and the trailers. I didn't think Screen Slaver was going to be that big of a villain. I thought he was kind of going to just be like the oh, this is one of the jobs. I didn't think he was going to be like the overarching villain throughout the film. I did. So, <laughs> so my thing was. I, d- I didn't like Incredibles. Like I thought it was it was a mess. Like the well, story yeah. jumped we all over the place. It made zero sense. Um, yeah, go back and listen to that wonderful episode where Josh's viewership like tanks. Um, <laughs> but like 
So I I went in like I think that that last one with Jack Jack, the one that we saw at D twenty three. I think that was the last trailer that I saw for it. I was like, eh, I have to go see it for the podcast. I don't I don't care about this. Um, I didn't see any of the posters or anything, so I didn't even know that uh, Screen Slayer was even gonna be there. So like like when I walked into the theater, like I walked, I they scanned my phone. I walked straight in. I didn't look at anything. I didn't go to concession, anything. I went straight into the theater. Um, and I'll talk about my theater experience in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, so I, like, this, everything was a surprise to me, which, I don't know. It either helped or it hurt this film for me. Um, I would think it helped. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and, like, the the synopsis. In Incredibles 2, Helen is called on to lead a campaign to bring supers back, while Bob navigates the day-to-day heroics of normal life at home, while Violet, Dash, and baby Jack-Jack, whose superpowers are about to be discovered. That's a weird way to do that sentence. Um, Their mission (laughs) is derailed, however. Get it? Derailed? Huh? Um, When a new villain emerges with a brilliant and dangerous plot that threatens everything. But the pars don't shy away from a challenge, especially with Frozone by their side. That's what makes this family so incredible. Aww. <laughs> so, okay, so I, I'll just go into my wonderful uh, theater experience. So I get to the theater. There's a child sitting on one side of me who's maybe like five. And then I have these two other people that are sitting are also there with zero kids and are just there to go see this movie. Um, would you like to take a guess of which was the worst of the two people sitting next to me? Oh, I already know. I'm going to say the two people the two without people the kid. Without the kid. <laughs> yes, it was. And the I'm going to guess it has to do the with their phone. The kid was great. The only time he talked was when he said, can I have a drink to his mom? And she gave him the cup and he just sat with it the rest of the movie. And nice. I was like, that's awesome. Like I, I would have paid for that kid's ticket. Yeah, right. I think he's five, so I think he got in free. But I don't know how tickets free, work. Free till three. Free till three. Oh, three till three. Okay, I would have paid for his ticket. But yeah, it was great. Um, so I guess let's go ahead and start off with Bow. Oh yeah, wow, the adorable Pixar short. Yeah, that what one was super cute. Oddly animated. The people were like their giant heads and whatnot. Um. It felt very caricature esque, but it was very different than some of the than a lot of the other animation that we've gotten for these shorts. So I actually dug it. I thought it was off putting at first, but once you sort of fell into the rhythm of it, I I, I enjoyed it. It was um Well it kinda it was I a mean, lot of fun. I know it's a short, so they only have so much time. They jumped right in. Oh immediately yeah, yeah. No from way. the husband, you know, leaving the house and the little bow was like, I'm alive now. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was quick. But did you know what the short was about? Um, what I gathered from it was, uh, and this is just like, I haven't read anything because I wanted you guys' opinion on what my opinion was, um, was there like the lady, she is replacing her bad relationship with her actual son, and she's created this little um, dumpling. steam bun dumpling. Mm-hmm. That she is treating as her real son. And it is slowly getting going away from her. And she doesn't want that relationship to go. So in order to keep him from going, she eats him. And then her real son kind of like comes into the picture. Because this was all like a weird 
thing. And so it, so she ends up um, repairing her relationship with her son. And yeah, that's that's what I took away from it. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is because she has empty nest syndrome. So what's going on is obviously everything already happened with her son. He grew up, you know, we know mm-hmm. that he leaves um, because he gets engaged and is going to move out of the house. So she's having all these emotions because he's leaving and so now she's playing out a new relationship with with Bao, and she's hoping that I think she can do it all over. But yeah. learning that kids are always going to grow up, like yeah. no matter what you try to do differently, like yes, they love you for a song; they're always going to love you, but you're not always going to need you like they did. So I think the fact that the relationship is going in that same direction, there's just no changing it. So obviously yeah. she eats it, and every, oh my god, our theater was like. <gasps> They were so surprised. See, see, that's how your theater was. The people next to me were talking the whole time because they didn't understand it. It was just like, I don't get, like, when it ended, they're like, I don't get it. And he was like, I don't get it either. That was dumb. And I was like, you're just a bunch of dinks. And I was like, (laughs) freaking double income, no kids. Get out of here. Get out of this theater. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they, they did, like, they were talking the whole entire thing. And I was just like, man, shut up. Right. But and I'm a that nice, can ruin it. I'm a nice boy. But, like, I thought it was good. Like, I, whenever they're doing the dumplings, like, when she's putting the filling in there, yeah. that feel, I was like, I'll eat that. <laughs> I'll eat that right now. That looks good. Yeah, I think it was, like, the meat filling that she's putting in yep. the dumpling. Yeah, like, well, I, I, it was, like, carrots and all this. Well, I think it was whatnot. raw yeah. meat that, you know, obviously eventually gets steamed, steam cooked. And I don't know. It, Every, I love animated food. I feel like we've talked about yeah. this on an episode with you like not for, that long ago. Like Ponyo, any yes, Ponyo, any ramen. Studio Ghibli film. So the fact that this was newer style of animation, but still makes food look so good. Like Feast, Feast was also a great movie. Yeah, for food. or short for food. Is that one Disney or Pixar? Feast. Feast. That's mm-hmm. Disney. I think it's Disney. Yeah, because yeah, because uh, the, yeah, the guys yeah. from Tycho worked on Feast. Yes. Oh, that's where I remember hearing about. It. I yeah. was listening. Which, to that by episode. the way, check out our uh, interview episode with the guys over from Tycho Studios. Um, had Jared Mariama on that one. So shameless plug for my own thing. I listened. It was a good episode. So definitely oh, go you. catch that one. Of course. Um, but yeah. So anytime people do food, they have to do it right. And if they don't, it makes me angry. But if food looks good and delicious, then I'm on board. I don't even care what the story is from there. Well, it's, it's it's one of those weird ones where food has come a long way, but we still no one can still pour any sort of liquid to make it look good. Like, if you notice that, like, even in like, even in Incredibles, or or in, in this movie that we just saw, they have liquid that's already in a glass that looks good but you never see it being poured. I don't know what it is, but it's 2018 and no one knows how to animate water being or any sort of liquid being poured into a glass. Interesting. I never thought about that. Now I'm going to like look for that in animated uh, shows and films. But I'm trying to think you're right. There's always glasses filled with water. Yeah. Like in this always. one like like they had which by the way, shout out to Pixar for having alcohol in your in your movie i thought that was a nice little touch Um, but no like they're they're both you know they have drinks in their hand that i'm like Mm -hmm. that that looks good it looks like the way because like subtle movements with the cups 
like the or the glasses i don't know um like the the liquid moves and i'm like that looks good it looks really really good but it's just one of those like we still have never gotten pores right so funny like, i've never thought about that but maybe that is a thing how interesting see it was funny though to, to go back on like the plot of bow i saw it more as like allegorical like i thought it was basically her just reliving the relationship with her son mm-hmm. With the dumpling. I didn't yeah. view it as like, oh, this is her second chance. Like, I looked at it as like, she is literally just reliving her memories of how it was with her son. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why when he pops up at the end, like, that's why she has the turn. Because when she eats him, she's like, oh, I get it now. Like, yeah. the, she kind of had that understanding as well. And then I'm sure for whatever reason, the dad probably says something to the son like, hey, tell um, your mom you love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Push, get in there. Eat yeah, I love months. that. I love that. The, the hand of the back. That was That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I thought. I mean, this probably this was super cute, but it's not my favorite Pixar short. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't like. It wouldn't contend with one of my top favorite Pixar shorts, but it was still super cute. And what our most recent would be Lou. Lou. Yeah, I thought Lou Which was Lou super is good. Phenomenal. But I know you were crying a lot during this one. I did cry. Um, and I don't know if that's a mother thing, yeah. I, or just uh, as a mother myself, I did cry. Yeah, you understand. A He's a cat mom. Um, <laughs> He's not a cat mom. Are you? I wish you I have... had a cat. <laughs> <laughs> they keep running away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Anyway, uh, that would be his bow moment. Right? Like his keep leaving him too, no matter what he does. No, but in his, it would be that the cat comes back and it talks to him and it says, please stop naming us after anime characters. <laughs> you say that, but... I've not named a single pet after an anime character. They've all been literary characters. Say, they're you all named would. after they're all named after anime series instead of the characters. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "You're Gundam Wing." <laughs> this is uh, this is my uh, German Shepherd Escaflone. You know, be like, oh, "What?" Gosh. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is my hamster cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be bad, and I would name a hamster Hamtaro. Oh God, Hamtaro, a garbage show. Anyway, um, so yeah, Any so pig let's name Porco Rosso. Ooh. Ooh, a guinea pig in port. That would be good. Um thank so you, what you. would you what would you rank uh bow on Star, on, like on your clouds, scales? Yeah. Like out of five. Oh, I'd still rate it pretty high. Five. I'd give it like a four point five clouds. Like not quite perfect because I didn't tear up and I I like to hit the, like get that emotional push. Yeah. Um so yeah, for me probably about a four or four point five. Still give it a five, five out of five. Yeah. It pulled all of the emotions out of me, um, but I knew what the story was going into it. I read up on it. I knew yeah. it was about emptiness syndrome. Um, seeing it play out and then thinking of like that as my relationship with Remy and thinking, crap, a girl is going to come along one day or boy <laughs> is going to come along one day and just take him away. Yeah. And you can't do anything about that. That's heartbreaking well, you can you can eat him but then you'll go to jail <laughs> i think that's different in this case <laughs> yeah uh, no not gonna do that do you end up like make because he's hispanic and irish do you end up making like a burrito <laughs> you have to carry the burrito mine, around mine would be a burrito oh, it's a burrito wish... it's a burrito filled with potatoes i, <laughs> wish I was I about would... to say it's like is it a potato burrito I wish I was good at like animating things or even just drawing because I would do my version of Bow. Nice. It would be a burrito. Uh, I'm going to give it four dippers because like it it was good. Um, I liked it. What's that one with the little bird? 
The little Piper? bird. Is it Piper? Oh, oh, Piper, Piper. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. Before that Finding one. Dory. Yeah, that yeah. one was super good. That one I was like great. That one. Also, Tugs on the Heartstrings. And yes. that's what these shorts do. I, I don't know if they want it to do that, if they make it, they think it's a better story if it hits you hard. Yeah. Um, I think they want you to connect. And, and like, if you didn't, as much with this one, I can understand why it docks it a little bit for you. Which is weird because, like, I would rate like Sanji's super team higher, oh, that's but that's because one. it was a father son moment. Yeah. So it was like for me with Remy, Good you know point. what I mean? It's like that different connection. So yeah, it's going to yeah. hit people in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I think this was a female director. I want to say nice. Yes, I will look it up. I'm pretty uh, sure it was. Okay, for so Scott Bayo, a 2018 computer animated <laughs> short. Wait, was it Scott Bayo? Freaking no. awesome! Uh, yeah, directed by Domi Shi. Yep, it, it by was Becky about. Neiman. I think her and she followed along with her mother a lot. To uh, she watched her make the dumplings. Oh, nice! So she was, you know, on it with. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like it better as Bao, but I read it originally when we you saw it. it on was Bayo. I was like, Bayo. <laughs> You're like, really? Scott I'm a terrible Bayo. human being. So <laughs> Nice. Well, I, I'm glad that all of us liked it. I kind of wasn't sure how it would hit you, Josh, mostly just because, like, you're a dude and you don't have I have, have a mom, though. No, but that's, but that's what it is. Like, if you have that connection. But, like, what, are you saying I don't have a mom? It's messed up, bro. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I was just, I was suddenly appeared. I'm like I'm like Athena. I just burst forth from my father's forehead, fully grown and in armor. Interesting. Yep. That's how the legend. That's how Greek legends work. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. I'm I'm glad, man. I'm glad that you like this one. So let's dive into Incredibles then, because I'm interested to see how this one stacked up against the first one for you. Okay. So. So this movie takes place. I don't know. 37 seconds after Incredibles took place. I don't which, even think it's that is, long. <laughs> which, is, which, is, like, which is a pretty bold choice. Right. To not do a time skip after yeah, 14 not, years. I mean, you, you didn't have to do like the full 14 years yeah. like you did in Toy Story 3. Um, but if they would have given us maybe like, oh, it's been like a couple weeks, a month, or something like that. Maybe it's been a year. But, but think yeah, about it, we, the- we, we went straight in. Think about at the end of the first one, it's three months after After. the defeat of Syndrome before they get to the track meet. So we've already had that time skip at the end of the first one. They've already settled in with their powers. Yeah. Was that? But we never got that time skip. We never got to see them relating to being a superhero during their day to day. Like we never, we never get to see that. I don't think that they wanted to do that. You know what I mean? I think they wanted to keep it more of like, or that Brad Bird's direction was, well, I, I don't want to deal with, like, oh, this is, you know, Dash and Violet as 20-year-olds, and Jack-Jack is now a teenager, and now it's going to be... I think he really wanted to keep it in that same wheelhouse, where it's the same family, exactly where they are, but now we're going to focus on Helen instead of on Robert. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that it was, like... it's It didn't feel like it was just the same, same story, but a female as the lead. It felt like, okay, but this is how the family dynamic changes when... Bob has to be the stay-at-home parent, mm-hmm. and Helen gets to be the one to go save the day, but then we still get that moment where Bob gets to, you know, come right. back out and have his moment as well. Well, I can see what you're saying, Josh, about, like, seeing, like, the growth or the time jump. I think some people were 
expecting to we go were. into this and yeah. and think like yeah because we were uh guessing what the plot would be and we were thinking it's gonna be dash and he's older and he's dealing with the fact that he can't be as super as he wants to be in real life yeah but or, we were completely wrong or that it was going to be dash being the middle child and then when jack jack showcases he has all these crazy powers and yes. dash is like i only have speed and my brother has literally everything and then you have that like brother dynamic See, and now that I think about it, I'm so glad they didn't go in the direction we wanted it to go because I feel like that makes it a lot darker than oh, it needed yeah, to yeah. be. That's not the kind of story Brad Bird was trying to tell. And I think jumping into the family's dynamic right with, with the Underminer, um, I think that is the story I wanted to see. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see it, you know, just go right from the, the first film. Dude, just Violet throwing like the, the side blades that yeah. bisects that rock that's about to fall on people. Just that moment, I was like, oh yeah, this is what I wanted. This mm-hmm. was awesome. I was excited to see the kids be supers as kids. Yeah. Like not see them be, because Violet's already an obnoxious teenager. Right. So to see her in her early 20s and Dash in his teens, like, I don't know. I think I would have been bummed to have missed out on them as kids. It would have felt like a whole lot of story that they just yeah. skipped. Yes. What about you, Josh? Um, well, see, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I, I, I'm glad they didn't do like a 14 year, but I thought it would have been nice if maybe we got like a couple months. Like Six months I, later. I, yeah. Yeah. Like six months. So like that way, and maybe give me like a montage or something, um, to we can we can kind of see like they have been like fighting crime, like as a family. It's not just like boom, here it is. Um, but I will say I do like the way that this movie started started off not with any of the Incredibles, but with like her Violet's boyfriend being interrogated. Yeah, that was really. Funny. I, I thought that was good. Like when that popped up, I was like, oh okay, this is where we're going. We're starting here. That's nice. And I like like that's a. That is a good story element throughout the rest of the film. Like, honestly, I thought it was going to be a one and done type thing where there was just going to be like, oh, they men and blacked him and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that is a reoccurring theme and that is the majority of Violet's story this entire film. Right. And and then when like when they go to and meet him at the diner. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but she blows water out of her nose. Uh, she can't win. I, I'm, I'm thinking the whole time I was like, I would do that to my daughter. <laughs> I would definitely do that. She'd hate me, but it would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it so great, though, is that like here, here you have um, that family dynamic that we loved in the first film that they're showcasing even more. And I think that that's the uh, the flip side of it too is like they kept telling their kids like no 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 you can't use your superpowers can't use your superpowers and they get to the island and Helen's basically like look these people will kill you they do not care that you're children you have to use your powers and they're both like but you've told us especially Violet is like she's she's uh, at odds with herself because she's like look you've told me for years to ignore my abilities and you know Dash is just super excited to finally be able to get to use his. But now you've literally opened that can of worms, you know, Pandora's box, allowed them to use their powers on the island, go back to regular civilization. You're like, nope, go back to being normal again. And the kids are like, wait, what are you, what are you talking about? You just allowed us to be super. And that, that discussion at the dinner table, I think, was, like, perfect because that, that, I think, helped define exactly what the rest of this movie was going to be, that basically Helen is still very much the, no, it's illegal to be super. We cannot be supers. And Bob is still like, the no, we need to be supers. We need to do stuff. And the kids are basically still just trying to figure out how they fit like within that realm. So I, I dug that. I thought that they, I think the setup for this movie was, was perfect. I agree. 
mean that's all you got <laughs> no i i completely agree um i i like that helen is still she didn't change like she, she they did get to use their powers in the end of the last film they you know i think that was very much a mom thing to do because when i think if i was in that situation you don't just because you do one thing one way one time doesn't mean it's always the right way to do things right. you know you break the rules can't always break the rules. Yeah. It'd be like if you kept on your kid, like, you can't hit people, like, no punching people at school, and then somebody breaks in the house, and they're like, if they get you, punch him in the face. You know, like, you have to change right. what the lesson, because you're like, this is survival. But then once that's over with, then you, can't, you don't yeah. go right back to, okay, kid, you did it once, you can do it now. Yeah, yeah, you have to go back to, like, okay, but now we go back to not punching people. Right, <laughs> you know? and, and that's got to be something that's hard to deal with for kids that are superheroes. Yeah. Like, I get to use this on grown-ups, because right. they're Bad, but I would never use this on kids in school. But what yeah. if they're bad? What yeah. if they're bullies? How do you teach them that? You right. know, Ugh, which I, I might honestly, I might have liked to have seen more of that. Yeah. Like to show more of the kids. Like Dash has this ability now, and maybe there's a bully in school, and it's how does Dash deal with that? Or with Violet, maybe it is like a, a cool group of kids, the, the girls that are hazing Violet because she's still an outcast. Like she didn't just suddenly become popular because she put a headband on and got her bangs out of her eyes. Right. So I don't know, maybe some of that dynamic would have been fun as well. Or maybe that's something that they explore in Incredibles three, because we really haven't gotten that kid centric film. Yeah. Even though maybe like the, maybe heading into act three, we kind of got that in this film, like sort of end of act two. True. I'd say end of act two with like the whole house attack. We got a little bit more of that aspect, but I don't know. I I would probably like to see that probably not a time jump. I think I want to still stay with the family as is as much as I would be excited to see Jack Jack at like 15 still being a polymorph. I think if they did, uh, Incredibles three, then they would probably follow the toy story three. And then they're like, okay, now we're going to give you your time jump, but I don't want that. You're right. I, I think Jack Jack needs to stay a baby because the freaking best part of the movie it, it's yeah. also it's also funnier if he's a baby because he can't control anything mm-hmm. yeah that, that that that's what adds to that bit of the comedy um i would say though i would like to see you know incredibles 3 with like a mean girls type thing yeah so, like violet's just trying to be with the popular girls but like she's not wearing pink on wednesday and then like, they come after <laughs> her and stuff Stop like that would be that happen. would be interesting Gee, how cool would it be if she's getting picked on another girl in school and like nobody knows that Violet's a super. Like it's still a secret. She's getting picked on this other girl at school, and as the finally plays out, you realize the other girl is also a super and Ooh. has to hide her powers. But instead of being like introverted like Violet, that's why she's she attacking lashes uh, out, lashes out mm-hmm. other people because she doesn't know how to go back and forth between being a super and not being a super. But Violet can be invisible, so that girl would be ruined. The thing she could do yeah, well, to that girl. <laughs> yeah, but the other girl, like, maybe she has, like, a sonic power. Like, because she's so loud and obnoxious. Like, that's, like, her thing. She's, like, So dancing. then it turns into, like, Carrie. <laughs> and you drop blood on her head? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they just embarrass her a lot to where she just, like, snaps. Well, no, Carrie was then... a was pyrokinetic, wasn't she? Yeah. Like she had telekinetic powers. No, I'm talking about somebody that like sonically, like she screams. Well, I mean, like, yeah, she... I, mean, I mean, I mean, something like Karen. I'm not, I'm not saying you just oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. but why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like there's the bullying and the bullying, and then like now this know, just got clicks. really. So, so now we've got like Mean Girls mixed with Carrie. This is going to be a good movie. <laughs> See, that's why The Incredibles can't, or Brad Bird couldn't go off of like the kids' traumas. You know, the kids. Uh, upbringing other than the fact that there is a boy that's kind of a violet story you know it's her dealing with 
liking a boy, not having the boy even notice her anymore because her father ruined that, you know, he, you know, he ruined that story. So that was their turmoil in the home was, uh, how is Violet going to deal with her dad now that he is the one who is always going to be there, you know? Um, so I liked that. I liked that story. I liked Violet's arc in this, um, Dash, we can talk about Dash's arc because I feel like we've been talking about Violet a lot. Yeah. I mean, Dash. Yeah, Dash doesn't have a lot of, like, he doesn't really have any sort of. Other than, like, the math. Like, yeah, the thing like, was he just school. has math. He, he's, like, to me, he was neglected, this film. But, I mean, it makes sense. Like, he had a lot of stuff in that first movie. Mm-hmm. Which, and Violet, not so much. So we, you know, I can see where they flipped it here. To where we're focused more on Violet of the of the three kids, we focus on Violet and Jack Jack. Whereas in the first movie, it was mainly Dash. And how old is Dash? Because Dash was having the problems in school. Dash was having all these things, and then now it's oh, just like, like ten, 10 probably. Yeah. So that makes sense when you think about an actual like we think about our nephew Matthew. He's ten years old. How many day to day problems does that kid really have? You know, yeah, like 10, there, not there's that much. none at that point. It's right. it's just. You gotta do school, and you gotta stick with your sports or your extracurriculars, whatever you're yeah, doing. You, you know, you figure he's like eight, nine, or ten. Violet's probably like thirteen. All the troubles start yeah, at that yeah. point. Yeah, like, thirteen is when she's <laughs> hitting adolescence. So, is yeah. she having adolescence? So good. That was a yeah. good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, th- I, yeah, I think I, I, there was a good balance with the children. Jack, Jack definitely was featured way more, yeah, but he, he needed to be. He stole it. Yeah, yes. but he needed to be because they wanted to showcase, like, that's where Bob's difficulty really comes from. Like, Violet's kind of difficult because she resents him, especially when she finds out what happened to Tony. And then Dash is just like, all right, math is math, right, Dad? Like, the, he kind of is not as big of a problem. But it's more because Jack-Jack has to be the big issue. So Yeah. No, I, I like that. So you want to talk um, uh, Elastigirl, right? You want to talk Jack-Jack first. Um, let's, let's do Elastigirl, just because, I mean, this is not going to be a popular opinion, but I, I don't know, like, the, the base story seemed a lot like the first movie. Like, the, the base premise, uh, because, like, in the first one we have, uh, Bob, right? Yeah. So we have Bob, and he gets recruited by this secret organization, and he's off doing all this stuff. And then we have this movie where it's Helen. But, I mean, it, they're they're both completely different the way that they progress and the way that they branch off. But it just seemed like it was like at the beginning it was it it seemed cookie cutter. Right. Where it's like, like here okay, she has so to stop boom, a train. Boom, boom. boom. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it seemed it seemed very like, oh, OK, I, I see what you're doing there. Um, and then the the whole bit with uh know uh screen slaver like i they they got me a little bit because i didn't know i i knew it was going to be one of the twins or one the brother and sister was like right that was like telegraphed but i was like is it the smart one or is it the rich one i i was like i don't know is it going to be bob odenkirk Uh, is uh, is it going to be sister i don't know Um, name Catherine keener Something yeah. like that. So I was like, I was like, I don't know which one it's going to be. I think it's yeah, yeah Catherine Keener. Like I yeah, think no, it's the, actress, the sister because oh okay, the, the one who the played actor, so, yeah. okay voice yeah. Evelyn. Yeah, Evelyn. I think it's the sister because that would make more sense because she's technologically savvy and well they they just... 
They set it up for both of them, right? Because with, with, what was his name? Winston? Yeah, Winston Winston. They set him up because they wanted to do the whole, um, maybe he's the villain because he's trying to help make supers a thing. Exactly, yeah. As long as I'm the villain, then the supers have to keep coming out and I'll keep creating problems because the supers can solve them. And then with Evelyn, she kind of gives it away early where she goes... You know, when he's talking about their parents and she's like, or instead of trying to call supers, they could have just gone to the safe room that they had and they'd still be alive. And then at that point, you're like, oh, wait, no, she's definitely the villain. So this one definitely didn't catch me. Um, I think with the with the first one, they really didn't try to make it be like a twist. Yeah, because it was very much like, no, I'm your nemesis. I was that little kid like that kind of set up pretty quickly. But with this one was definitely more of like they were trying to keep you in the dark. Um, But I wasn't I, I personally I didn't really feel thrown off by it. Well, yeah, like that that's what I mean. Like I, I was like, it makes sense for it to be the sister, but then they kept playing it to where it's supposed to be him. So that's why I was like I, and... I was I was very confused. I was like, hmm. I mean, I guess it could be him, but that wouldn't and th- there was a, there was that other part of me that was like, maybe they're working together, but that just kinda yeah. I lost yeah. that one through. But then when she was like super eager to help her yeah. Like, yeah, we'll set this up. I was like, okay, yeah, it's her. It's totally her. Right, right. Yeah, and that's when I was like, 100%, yeah, it's her. And it's tough because I don't know if it if they were trying to keep it, like, that big of a secret to, like, the audience. They I think they were just trying to keep it more of a secret for, like, Helen, you know? Because it, it almost felt like they were just trying to give Helen a villain to fight. Like, they were like, well, we have to keep her active, right? And then when they got what they wanted out of it, or when it seemed like Winston got what he wanted out of it, then it was like, oh, but now the screensaver's gone, and even Evelyn's kind of like, oh, what are you worried about? No, you don't have to keep checking for her, so it's sort exactly, of became... yeah, like, once that happened, I was like, okay, yeah, she... Yeah. Here's where it's starting to go down. Uh, but no, I thought uh, Helen was great. Like, I liked her... her... I, I, I'm kind of confused on, like, her bike thing. I understand, like, she's doing some, like... Caterpillar type thing with it. It looked really weird. She slings, looked, uh, slingshotting herself. Yeah, exactly. Like, she, yeah, that's like she's like an inchworm. Yeah. Like in order to go, she's like shoot, shoot. But yeah, it was it was weird. Um, I thought it 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 was kind of cool. Um, I like that they they did touch up her outfit a little bit. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, like, the silver like with the black. black. Yeah. It's like I'm not just gothic. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Dark and edgy. So yeah, I thought that was good. Um, I liked I liked the last girl. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, really, our main characters are good. Anyone that has like any good amount of screen time in this movie is good. Yeah, like acting wise, the way they're drawn, I think everybody works well. Um, everybody else in this movie. Sorry, I know we were talking about Helen, but everybody else in this movie just. I don't know. It's they're just they don't look like they belong in that world, right? Well, you mean like Void and Crusher and uh... no, I mean like they had they had screen time. Uh, whatever the the guy that barfs. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like all the other <laughs> like superhero reflux yeah, and like that. They looked stupid. Like Void was okay. I could believe Void. Everybody right. else there, and then like uh, that one dude who. Shocks, like Helitrix or Hella. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the and then the the pincher, like the crusher guy that uh, yep. 
is voiced by Phil Lamar. Actually, they the both show, are. Phil Lamar. They both are? Both Phil Hel- Lamar? Yeah, Helectrix and uh, Crusher are both voiced by Phil Lamar. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it was oh, yeah, re- the- Reflux, and that's all the ones that they really named. Yeah, Reflux looked bad. Um, there was Bricks. The, the Brick. talk show host looked bad. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of, like, random people. Just, like, all the background people looked bad. Well, you mean um, just, but, like, the animation style? Like, it just didn't feel yeah, like... Yeah, just, like, the way they're drawn. It's like, they don't look like anybody else. They don't look like our family. They don't look like any of the... Like, Bob Odenkirk's scary. Like, they, they don't look like any of those people. Well, they, like, they, they kind of did that with the first one, too, though. Like, when you watch the... Like, in the very opening sequence where they're doing, like, the newsreel thing, and then at one point they're like, so where are they now? And it just shows, like, a busy city street, like a New York-style city style mm-hmm. street... Or just a whole lot of people walking. When you look at their faces, they all have literally identical faces. The only <laughs> things that are, that are different are either their hair, hair or they're wearing a hat. That's it. So I think that that is kind of the purpose of the way they draw this, is that they want the supers to stand out and be different from everybody else. And everybody else is supposed to be kind of bland. Like when when Helen takes off the mask off of Screenslaver and it's just that pizza delivery boy, he's so forgettable just like a random blonde kid and you're just like oh he's uh, obviously this isn't actually screensaver because he's nobody you know and i think that that was kind of the point he was supposed to just look like any random kid. yeah just uh, just like anybody. he looked like he would you know be at violet school along with tony reidinger you know yeah yeah because yeah. i had guessed that it was gonna be tony reidinger like when we had watched the short at uh, Disney uh, oh, like yeah, a month yeah. or so ago when they showed the first 10 minutes of it and they showed that Screenslaver had you know the tennis shoes on and gray pants and a dark shirt I was like it's Tony Reidinger yeah. like he's gonna be somehow they're gonna put that into play I'm like oh and then it's gonna be Violet's turmoil because she's gonna realize it's the guy she likes and he has no idea she's a super but he's a villain and then when they wiped his mind I was thinking it was still going to go along that story where somehow he like either that was going to play into the villain aspect. Like, I can't remember anything. I don't know where my life is going from here. I'm a villain. You know, like he goes on like he's just this evil person. And then when it turned into be some blonde kid, I'm like, whoa, there's even a bigger story beyond this. (laughs) What the heck? Is it weird? I thought like that pizza guy looked like, uh, is it Jesse Pelmans? Plemons? Oh, yeah. From, uh... Like exactly. Friday Night Lights and yeah. uh, everything, like yeah. Breaking Bad. I saw him. I was like, "That looks like him." Did they base the character off him? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's the um, but no, I mean, kid. but that's what I'm talking about. But like Winston and Evelyn, they're not supers. They're just main parts of this cast, and they look different from everybody else. But so does Edna Mode. She's not a Ed, super. Edna but looks she, different from everybody yeah, else. But I think Tony, that's the point. Tony's just like a kid in a turtleneck, and he. Lo- looks different from everybody else. So that that's yeah. my problem. I'm like and and I understand like that happens a lot in animation where right. you don't want to, you know, you can't upstage your main on... characters, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I it's one of those where I'm just like give everybody the same style. Like I'll, I'll go back <laughs> to Troll Hunters. Like everybody in Troll Hunters has a, the same style. Um if you go back even like you can go to Avatar, everybody in Avatar is drawn the same style. Um, it's just one of those like it just keeps everything looking like it belongs in the world. And I think that was my pro- one of my problems with uh, the first Incredibles movie was these people don't look like they belong in the rest of this world, and it takes me out of it. This movie it kind of takes me out of it too. 
Um, but there's enough characters that are not unique as opposed to the first movie where everybody was unique except for like three characters. Like there was the family and then like two other people. Um, but this movie, it was like there were, the cast was different because like they were inserting random normal looking people that look like they belong with all these other looking people. Well, this one I think utilized more, more background characters than the first one did. Oh, yeah, yeah so. no, it definitely did. Because the first one was mostly the island. Right. You know, nothing. Yeah. Nobody was on there but it's the security Omni, guards that Omni were Droids. covered. Yeah. Maybe, and the security guards all had exactly the same look. Their faces were all done exactly the same. Yeah. So it's like, I get what you're saying, but it's funny because I would just go the opposite way with it because I'd be like, well, I would want the supers to stand out because they're supposed to be shown as being different. Yeah. But, but I get what you're saying is that it almost, it felt like two different um, movies. Like, well, yeah. well, this is... The superheroes, and then this is a totally different movie that just has a bunch of random people. Exactly. Right. It's like, like they put Incredibles and then Incredibles 2, and they put them together. Yeah. And it was like, we've got people from this movie, and then we've got these other people, and it's just a mashup. Right. But I, but I feel like almost all anime is that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, here's your main characters, and they're either super busty or super muscly, and then everybody else is just a circle with eyes and a circle <laughs> mouth. Or what they hair like to- just drawn really quickly over the top. What they like to do now, too, is, like, anybody that's a background character, they make them this that weird, like, 3D CG-looking thing, and everybody yeah. <laughs> in the, like, that's all the background people, and everybody else is, like, 2D, and they look nice. Mm-hmm. That yeah. happens now, unfortunately. I think the only thing for me, animation-wise, because it is 14 years later, you can very much tell the difference in animation. Yeah. And Oh, yeah, it looks a lot nicer. It, does, it looks nicer. It looks better. But we've dealt but with that for, with every sequel. You no, know, but for us, we watch Incredibles on the regular. And the fact that we just came off of like an Incredibles like kick. kick of watching it every day and seeing what the Supers look like, seeing what the Parr family looks like, and then watching Elastigirl for the first time on screen and seeing her move, I'm like, she doesn't look like Elastigirl. Yeah. And then it took a while for me to like jump in. I'm like, that's Elastigirl. Yeah. But it, for me, it was very much a... 14 years definitely did, you know, did a difference in animation for sure. So yeah. maybe for some people that might ruin it, but I would think it would only better it because obviously you want better animation. For me, just being so used to that first one, it was kind of rough at first. Like, this is really awesome, but it's not the Par family. Right. And then eventually I just got over it. That was will, my only thing for animation. I will say, though, I was super impressed with the actor they got to replace Dash. Because he sounded exactly like Dash from the first film. Like, yes. I was very impressed with that. Because you kind of always take that chance when you have a kid and then you do a sequel 14 years later, uh, Finding Nemo, and yeah. trying to make sure that the kid can sound exactly like the first one. Nemo was pretty well, well, close. Well, it's, it's yeah, like really uh, close too. Liam, one of our favorite series where they did Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, so you then have, when they did the Brotherhood. Full Metal Alchemist, and then they're like, oh, snap. Um, <laughs> it's been 10 years. We need to replace Alphonse. It's so. so difficult, too, because that voice is so iconic to the character. But then when you think of, like, the original version where it's done by females, so you don't run into that same problem because you're like, oh, well, it's girls' voices. It's always going to be the same. Same thing with Naruto, where it's a 50-year-old woman that does the voice for him. So it's like, yeah, he's going to sound the same no matter what. Like, even when you do Shippuden, it's supposed to be, what, 10 years later or whatnot? So it's like, yeah, I get that. But, yeah, with this one, that was always going to be a little bit of a... Uh, a difficult situation, but I almost thought it was imperceptible. The the voice of the yeah. uh, dash in the Incredibles versus Incredibles two. Yeah, like I, without knowing, like again, I've 
like I don't remember even remember when we did Incredibles, like right. whatever episode that was. But so like to me, it was one of those where I was like, I I don't. But like listening to it, I was like, oh okay, it sounds like the exact same kid. So like that's where I was thinking they probably got a fifty year old woman to do <laughs> to do the voice to do his voice. No, it wouldn't don't... have surprised me. Yeah, no, well, because the other kid obviously went through puberty. So, yeah, no, I loved it. But then on the flip side, you look at, like, oh, I can't think of the name, kid's name. Is it something? Well, for Andy, the kid that did the voice of Andy, it's actually the same kid for yeah. all three movies. Because oh, yeah. doing the time jump worked <laughs> out. Had to, yeah. So, But that would be cool if they do end up doing a time jump for three, and they're like, hey, original kid that did Dash, do you want to come back? Probably not. I'm sure they'll get this <laughs> Incredibles yeah. too. Voice. Well, it depends on how old that kid gets, right? Oh, yeah. Good point. I don't know. Okay, so where are we going with it? Um, yeah, so let's talk, uh, I guess, I mean, if anything... We... You guys talk Bob? You guys talked his character? No, I mean, Bob... I mean, we, we, could, we, could, we could talk about... I mean, yeah, we could talk about Bob, and then we can talk about the Miraculous Ladybug villain. Miraculous ladybug villain. Yeah, Seriously, much. Screen Slayer? That's a Miraculous Ladybug villain. Slaver. I was waiting... Slaver. Slaver. Oh, I thought it was Slayer. Slayer? No, it's not Slaver. an 80s rock band. It is a... <laughs> Sounds cool. Screen Slayer. Screen, Screen Slaver. Slaver. Because Slaver. you are his slave. Oh, that uh, makes... You're... Yeah, it's definitely Hawk Moth. Like, he just needs to be in a tower and he's like, fly. <laughs> that would work. That would definitely work as well. No, I thought with Bob, I thought, um, I thought it was a, a fun dynamic to change. And, but then still have that symmetry to the fact that like he's not able to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was very reluctantly supportive of Helen. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was very interesting. Like, I, I kind of assumed they were just going to go with the, all right, honey, you go out and save the yeah. day. But he very much was like, uh, you'll do a okay. great job. <laughs> like, you're just like, oh, my God, Bob, you're a dick. Like, yeah. How do you not just be supportive when she was so supportive of you? Uh-huh. Being a super, but then when you think back to one, you're like, oh wait, she really wasn't because she was like, dang it, Bob, like you're putting this whole family in jeopardy, mm-hmm. like going back and trying to do super. So you're kind of like, oh, it's cool. Well, she Her- wasn't supportive for a good reason. No, exactly. Because- like, yeah, like she wasn't supportive because she wanted to keep the family safe. He was not supportive because he wants to be the hero. Yes, but I did like that. I liked yeah. that they showed the realness of Bob. The fact that you know he is this heroic dude who right. obviously wants to be from the first one we know he wants to be front and center he wants to be the big guy he straight up says you know not like your favorite line you know not the fact that you know oh, yeah he's like i'm he not strong, strong enough, enough. I can't, yeah i'm not strong enough and she's like what you can't do this by yourself he's like i can't lose you again yeah so and that realize, like, might oh, always fe- be the back of his head yeah you know if i'm not the one doing it then I'm not the one protecting this family. Yes. So you could look at it that way, or you could look at it from like, maybe he just wants to be the hero because yeah. that's muscles, testosterone, you know? Well, and you think about it too. Like when you watch this movie, it's like, it feels like it's set in the sixties, but then still feel like it's set today. Right. Yeah. So you, you almost are extrapolating like that 1960s family dynamic mentality and then still applying it to like the social justice um, yes. aspect of, of, of our lives today and how do you combine the two and still have it resonate for people that lived in the 60s and then also for people today. Right, yeah, but I did enjoy Bob's arc in this film. The right. fact that he, yeah. he, he came to really quickly. The fact that, you know, the first, well, I don't know what the time span was, but we'll say the first night that she's out doing her hero business and he's realizing um, Jack-Jack is not going to sleep in his crib. Like, he keeps getting out. What the heck is right. happening? I can't, 
can't do anything right for Violet. I can't uh, do anything right. I don't understand math now. Like, what? I can't help any one of these kids. You know, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, I'm not going to be the best at this, but I need to be the best at everything I do because that is Bob's mentality. So now he kind of manned up quickly. He was like, all right, I got to learn math. I got to fix this thing with Violet. I'm going to put something over Jack Jack's crib because (laughs) that's my, you know, way Solution. (laughs) solution for him not escaping. So he figured it all out. He knew he couldn't be the hero, but he can still be the hero of the family. So I think it very much showcased uh, Bob's personality, but in a different light. Yeah. Being the number one dad, being the hero of the, the family, family at home. Yeah. So I, I liked that. I don't know. I really liked his his arc in this. No, same. I liked, I, I liked it. Josh, what I do you think? think? I, I I honestly think he had the best arc in the entire series or in the entire movie. Yeah. Like his his relationship grows with each member of the family. Like it grows with Helen, it grows with Dash, it grows with Violet, and then we actually like the majority of all of our interactions are with him and Jack Jack. Right. Like whenever we have Jack Jack, unless he's fighting a raccoon, then <laughs> he's with um he's with Bob. So like I thought like all of that together and you, you see Bob's struggles and, and just going off what Brittany said um, you see, like, the growth of him as a character. And honestly, like, he, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I like, I like Bob's arc. I think, I think Helen's arc was a lot of fun just because it was her getting to be the hero and then getting to see what she was probably more like when she was Elastigirl and kind of on her own before she just became Helen Parr, if you will. So I like that we really got to see her and how she was more analytical and she very was she was very much tenacious in her pursuit of the villain like she she it wasn't just the oh I saved the day which was like Winston's kind of focus which was like you saved yeah. the day and she was like yeah but I didn't catch the villain. And you mm-hmm. brought up Brittany you brought up an interesting point where that little girl that shows the sign yeah, that was what like the heck was up with that still out there little girl. Yeah, like I thought it was like, oh, she's just really holding that sign. Brittany thinks that she was holding a different sign, but just Helen, that's all Helen saw. I thought that was in her head. So the way I look at it, but they never clarified that. They never like like fan back to the um, sign and show that it was something different. It was, that was what the sign was. But in my head, I'm thinking, this is how she sees it. Like this little girl is holding the sign in support of me, but didn't i'm not saving her life because right. the He's, villain is still out there yeah. it, it's kind of it's this is a horrible you know to go to but kids today that are holding signs about gun control right. and the fact that you know you're going to take books away from me in classes but you're not going to take guns away like it, yeah. it's those kids with those signs today but in relate to this movie right, you know right, like right. i'm i'm not safe Screen yeah, slaver yeah, is exactly. still out there. Yep. But I don't think that was really on the sign. I could be completely wrong. Brad Bird could probably write a thing and say, no, that's what was on the sign. Right. But I didn't think that's what was on hey, the sign. Hey, Brad, um, I know you're listening. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know, please. But you guys thought that that's what the sign said, right? Yeah. I, ju- I just that's thought that little girl was, like, super creepy. So She's you. like, hey, he's still out there. See, no. Liam had a good point. Like, like maybe um, Evelyn set like that Pater. up. Yeah. Or, you know, like, was here, hold the sign, sweetie. You yeah. know, and, like, it was kind of a to put keep, it in. Yeah, keep her going. Yeah. Like, but, like, but like, bait, like, Bader. But why? Well, at, at that point, why, why did you need to do it? Because. Why, been... why get her on your scent more? 
You know, yeah. why not just let it be? Like, she already did what she had to do. We already have the ambassador on board. It's going, you know, right into play. We're going to get on the ship. Well, no, because because she need because she needs her to continue doing that. Because if, if otherwise, Helen could just be like, oh, cool, we got it, and I'm gone. But she needs her to still be around, like, Ele- uh, Evelyn and Winston and has to still be a part of that because that's what's going to keep these other supers motivated. Okay. And she can kind of get them all at once yeah you know? maybe like, for the other supers that's what I, that would be my guess or her knowing like hey well i have to keep her close so i can um screen slave her and then draw in yeah Bob she and draw is in the, the main you know target yeah it, it needed to be she elastigirl needs, yeah she needs her be. there because she needs her to send that message so i mean I, I that's that's kind of the way that i saw it but um i don't know i mean i i think there were what I liked about this one is it definitely had a little bit more of that like political drama to it, like that yeah. thriller. I think which is what I love Winter Soldier so much is yeah. like there's this wheels within wheels aspect of the of the film, and I thought that that is what differentiated it so much from the first film. But there definitely was like the train heist, you know, yeah. uh, adventure where I was like, mm, we kind of had this with Bob already. It was like, are yeah. we gonna have a train in every film? Like. I've seen this in like people every Spider-Man like movie. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, they're it's always city. runaway trains. There's a train. It's a lot of people with a big fans of Soul Asylum, I guess. But there's, I don't know, there's kind of like that, uh, I, I think they started out with a lot of parallels and then it sort of was that divergence because Bob really wasn't going to be that investigator. He was just like, a, I'm going to punch it till it's gone. But she is like the, let me find out what the source is. Yes. Which is probably why they are a good dynamic together. Yep. But separately, they each have a shortcoming. I, I did like that they brought that up. It's like, yeah, you guys destroyed the city, and if you just would have let the guy take the money, the city would have been fine. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, it's like the bank was insured. I'm like, that's a good, that's a good point. I mean, Nobody thinks about that yeah. when these superhero movies are going on. You don't think about the background collateral. And, yeah, like what, what we going to have to do to fix the city after you guys saved the city. Yeah, it's right. like, it's yeah. like New York and Avengers it's like mm-hmm. you guys like fixed that, right? And then what was it? It was like London and Thor Dark World or whatever. Yeah. It's like um a lot of damage. And in right? Batman versus Superman, it's like they just completely destroyed Metropolis. Mm-hmm. So Every you just building. think like, okay, yeah. But it's okay. Their mom their moms have the same name, so it's all good. Yeah. Hey. Their moms will fix it. No, but that, but but that's what oh, I liked about like dead, so probably, you know, um, not. Oh. probably not. Yeah, she's and gonna the other wish one's it. Old, but the but like I like that they touch on that even like in Spider Man Homecoming where damage control gets introduced yeah. and they're like, no, we clean up after the superheroes and it was a program that was founded by Tony Stark, one of the people that's destroying everything. And I, I like that they built that dynamic yeah. and then within yeah with Incredibles that was like the dynamic from day one whereas. Like that guy that whose neck gets broken by uh, by Bob, and he's like, "You didn't save my life. You, you ruined you, my death. You ruined my death." Yeah, it's like the greatest line. You're like, "Oh, I get it." Like that's going to be some people's reaction. Not yeah. everyone's going to be like all aboard the superhero hype train. Exactly. And this sort of continued that as Evelyn was very much not on board that hype train. So I thought the what we'll kind of I guess we can get into the, the villain here. I thought that the the reasonings why she she acted the way that she did were completely sound reasons like mm-hmm. i didn't yeah. listen to her monologue and go no you're a terrible person like i got it it made sense 
So is this a part I missed her monologue? I didn't get her her story. I had to go to get popcorn. get popcorn and go to the restroom with Remy. So I missed her coming out that she was the villain. But I did know she was. Well, actually, no. At that point, I was still on the Winston. fence of was it Winston or was it Evelyn? But then when I came in and Winston was still being like happy, yeah. and then everybody else already had goggles. I'm like, what's going on right now? This kind of lost for a second. Um, so. It had me for a while. I'm glad that it went back and forth between the brother and sister. I didn't know which one was going to turn out to be the big villain of them all. I assumed it was going to be Evelyn because she has the darker look. She, you know, she kind of was like the slouch. They they played her as the villain so perfectly because you don't think of a villain as being proper and, you know, having um, – he had the lighter hair. You just yeah. look at the light sides of things. They're like, oh, this is obviously the hero. This is the villain. They made it too perfect that she was the villain. So I'm like, no, they're going to make us throw us off her scent. Right. It's going to be Winston. He's trying so hard. He's so he's in everybody's face. He's so happy. You know, he's going to be the big villain. And then when it turned out to be Evan, I'm like, oh, I was right all along. They, they, but they got me. Yeah. They made me go yeah. back and forth between the two. So um, but knowing her reasons from the beginning, her parents, you know, lost their lives because of supers the well not because of supers but if supers never existed her parents never would have been yeah bought into it they never that wouldn't have been their life mission you know their financial gain i guess well she she says that they would have thought for themselves they wouldn't have waited for someone else to protect them they would have just protected themselves Mm -hmm. and she basically was reasoning is that humans will be smarter and stronger if there aren't people already out there trying to be smarter and stronger for us. Let right. us be our own hero. You shouldn't wait. Yeah. You should act. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't argue with that. That's it's like a, a good super reason. good reason. Yeah. Good reason. Good reasoning. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It was, what did you think, Josh? Like between Evelyn and, and Winston, did you feel like it made sense to have those villains? Did you think that that villain stacked up against Syndrome in the first one? Or was it a better villain for you? I, I mean, Syndrome was just revenge. That was all that was. Oh, yeah. It was, mm-hmm. just, it was just kind of boring. Like, this one actually, like, when you can sympathize with a villain, that's mm-hmm. a good villain. And yeah. you sympathize with Evelyn. You're like, okay, yeah, I mean, what you're saying is valid, and it makes a lot of sense. Whereas Syndrome's like, you were mean to me. You didn't let me be your sidekick. It's like, so? You're a brat. Yeah, you have no superpowers, <laughs> kid. Get out of here. I mean... Yeah, like for that, like, yeah, Syndrome made like zero sense to me um, with his weird Conan O'Brien hair. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eve- Evelyn makes sense. Um, I I thought it was a little bit weird, though, that like she didn't really have a lot of henchmen. Like her henchmen were supers. Yeah. And just, you know, random Joe Blows, which I guess was one way that Pixar could get around not having to kill 30,000 henchmen. Like they did in the first movie, right? Because like, well, I, like nobody dies in this that. movie. No, there's a lot of death in the first one because you got to figure uh, lots of death all of all one. the henchmen that get crushed or shot or blown up, and then all of the supers that Syndrome killed trying to get the Omni Droid to be perfect to be able to defeat Bob. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, there was a lot of people that I mean, you, you see the skeleton skeletal remains of Gazer Beam in that cavern. So it's like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of. Um, a lot of death and dismemberment in the first one. Yes, but yeah, you're right with this one, and I didn't really think about that. There really is. We just we just dies. have our dad died. He got killed by robbers. Oh, the parents, yeah, because apparently the mom and dad. Yeah, that was it. But like, maybe that's what makes it more impactful. That that's the only death. 
So it's not just like wanton destruction everywhere. It's like, no, this was the only two people that actually passed away. And Evelyn views it as it's the super's fault. Whereas Winston views it as no, if this, if the law hadn't been in effect, then supers could have come to the rescue. So you're like, okay, I get why both kids, both of the kids would have viewed it from like, kind of like a polar opposite um, viewpoint. This is, I thought it was an, an, an interesting human. take. Yeah. It's human. We all, you, you choose what side you're on or, you yeah. know, which brain, what side of the brain you think with and, whatever so it's just how it works yeah the, me what, and you the, are very different people we look at a situation completely different oh heck yeah because one of us is the analyzer and then the other one is just kind of the doer yeah the, i think like, we, well what yeah like what, what, is it? what are all my side? options yeah, yeah. Your emotional side and your your logical side so mm-hmm. it's like you have the two but uh, but i think that that's that's what was showcased perfectly here and i think that's what makes like what josh said that what's that is what makes evelyn a sympathetic villain like something yep. somebody you can kind of empathize with their their machinations why they did what they did so good villain i think yeah. it was better villain than the first because when you really do think about syndromes reasonings behind why you know he right. was doing what he was doing it's like damn you were just a bratty kid you didn't get your way when you were a kid and you let that fester and you grew up to be a horrible human being but I felt like he was like the classic 1960s villain, though. You that's know what I mean? why it yeah. worked. Yeah. It, it fit for the movie. But overall villain, you're like, you're just shitty human. Yeah, like, that's just what it is. Well, they do all these things to. Yeah, because you, like, you figure you have these villain setups like back in like the early days of comics where it's like, yeah, they had no problem like killing all these other people to get to the one good guy. Right. Like Joker has no problem like poisoning a ton of people just to try to get to Batman. Yeah. Right. Like that's. Yeah. That you know, I mean that that to me that is like the core essence of like your classic villain. I think Evelyn was more of like a contemporary villain. It was more of what we see nowadays. Yes. And Brad Bird had even said like in two thousand four when incredible when The Incredibles came out, there wasn't a whole lot of superhero movies that he had to compete with. Now there's so many. Yeah. He was like, how do I still make this different than what everybody has seen before? And I thought he did a fantastic job of doing that. I thought this did feel like a very different superhero movie. And to me, this is still the best version of the Fantastic Four that we will ever see. <laughs> There's never going to be a Fantastic Four movie that's better than The Incredibles. That's just, it's not possible at this point. Oh, gosh. Is it because there's, oh, I know there's five. Yeah, no, I mean, there's five <laughs> in the family, but like, when you think about, like, what what fam- what Fantastic Four movies have always lacked is that family, family. dynamic. They only focus yeah. so much on the super-powered aspect of it that they miss the dynamic that made Fantastic Four the first Marvel family, right? So I think with this, that Brad Bird has shown this is how you do this right. A legit family. Yeah, this is how you do a family, a superhero family dynamic, and you and you sell it in a way that makes sense. Okay. I I will say I I, I feel that they probably could have killed Evelyn. Like when she gets sucked out of that plane, I was like, <laughs> okay, she's gone. It's like that that works. Like if if that would have been the end of her, would have been totally fine. Right. Maybe they didn't want it to be too reminiscent of the first one. They're like, ah, oh, well, I mean, all, like all she had to do is get sucked out and just be like, "Where's my sister? She didn't make it." That's all you got to do. Like you didn't actually get, see her get, you know, well, I pulled think, up in a turbine or anything. Yeah, but I think with that, if she did get sucked out, there's always that. Did she make it? Yeah, maybe yeah. she did. You know, right. at least this way we just know she did, and she's getting you know put behind bars and who knows. Yeah, well, because like I always said, it would have been cool to have Syndrome as like a potential 
backup, you yeah. know, like or even just like a quick cameo villain. So like, I like the idea that Evelyn is still she's she there. Could come she's, back. Yeah, there's still that possibility. So, mm-hmm. and who knows? Maybe Syndrome was able to get his cape off, and the cape was what blew yeah, up the that's, turbine, that's and he I just think. got catapulted off somewhere else and landed with his one rocket. But who knows? Other, you know? Yeah, his other tech that was still working. Zero to... point energy. I mean, I don't know. There's a ton of options. Maybe so, his hair stopped his fall. Maybe it's he comes possible. back and he's just bald like Luther. <laughs> I, I dig it, but um, but Brad Bird had said that because this movie was moved up with its production schedule, because remember this was supposed to come out in 2019, but then they flip flop dates with Toy Story 4, so it actually um, cut them down a whole year of production. So there were a lot of plot lines that they had to cut out that were still really good, viable plot lines that he has already said. Should they do a third film, that he would utilize a lot of those same plot lines into the third one, and there were a lot of threads that they had set up in this film that they didn't get to do the payoff because they didn't have enough time to do it. So um, I'm hoping we don't have to wait another 14 years for it to come out, but uh, I very much would like to see You are hoping for an Incredibles 3? Absolutely. If we have to put up with three Cars movies that nobody asked for, I better get... Yeah, I better get three <laughs> freaking Incredibles movies. Well, I would have been okay with another Cars movie if it would like went straight to three. Like if it was that was Cars two was I w- three. I would have been fine with a Cars movie if it went straight to the garbage can. <laughs> straight, like, to straight, D- to DVD. straight to DVD. Yeah, they can have straight to DVD like Pocahontas two and Bambi two and everything else two. Yeah. Lion King 1.5, Simba's Pride or whatever. Like one that and was a Lion half. King two, Simba's Pride. Thank you. Lion what King was one and, and a half? half. Uh, that was like the Lion King, except told by Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. yeah oh God. What were they doing? Nobody cared, but we yeah. made a movie. <laughs> Nathan Lane costs a lot of money. No. Yep. Yeah. I, I'd be. I'd be excited for a third one. What about you, B? I'm pumped for a third one. It's yeah. one of those where it ended on an open note. I think that's the thing about superheroes. It doesn't ever really end. Yeah. It can always keep going. There's always a new villain. The story can continue. Um, where I want it to go, though, the is... underminer kicks off again. <laughs> <laughs> no, like if seriously. The, uh, if, the, if the underminer is like the key figure and like all, if they make seven Incredibles movie movies and the underminer is in all seven of them, that would be great. It gets away every yeah time. every time. I want it to be because he was in the beginning of this one. He's at the end of yes. three. So the very end, it's like, the Underminer. You're like, no, not again. <laughs> like every yeah, movie. What are you doing to us? I'd be okay with it, though. It might be a big joke, but I think that would be freaking hilarious. He's the one villain that always gets away, but they never really address it. That he is the villain that always gets away. What about Do you, it. Josh? Um, you I, watch I a third would, one? I would, yeah, after this one, I would watch a third one. Um, Did this redeem the first one for you, no, or was this no, one just fir- good the fir- on its own? The first one is just crap. Um, this this one though, you're so wrong. So no, funny. no, no, it's I'm I'm right. Um, the fir- like yeah, the first one I I'll pretend it's not a movie, but this one like I'll buy this movie. This one was nice. this one was good enough to act- make me want to see it again. Um, so does it stand on its own? Yeah, if you can- yeah, I I don't think okay. it needs the first movie. Because, I mean, we'll like, do, like the only thing that goes through in the first movie is you know that supers are illegal. That's it. Nothing else goes, like, nothing else carries over. Like, I, does anything else carry over from that other than, like, literally supers are illegal? <laughs> They do a good. They do a good job of reestablishing a lot of the points from the first one. Like Frozone is also a superhero that is still semi-active and helps out the Par family. 
Edna Mode is still oh yeah. Uh, a we, we haven't talked, designer. We haven't talked about Edna yet. Yeah, which Edna always is best. like the best character in there, and the well, fact that Brad Bird does the voice makes it even better. And now the fact that she has little Jack Jack sidekick is like oh what? god when yes. when they were walking down that hallway yes. together, and he's just like I imitating missed. everything. That was I beautiful. I yep. haven't seen that part. He literally he has had to her describe walk. it to me. Oh, yeah, no. he has her walk. He's eating the lollipop, and every time I, she looks at Bob with a certain so look, sad. he does the same thing. It's so good. Yeah, yeah he's but, he's treating the lollipop like it like her big you know long cigarette, and so like she's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Does he still have like her look? No, no, no. He looks like him. Oh, yeah, okay. he didn't do her features. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was super that good. Was but like in though. the eyes, like the way that the eyes are, you can tell like there's the mimic going on and it was great. Yeah. See, that was my favorite. The I did see the part where he does take her to Edna and when she's like, no, babies, no, darling. Like yeah, that, yeah. babies are not my thing. I make um, I make suits for, for rich people and yeah. or whatever, superheroes. So I thought, oh, this is so great. Like, Edna's going to meet her match. Like, it's going to be a whole, like, sequence of Edna trying to figure out how to be, like, a, a babysitter mom. But then it cuts to Jack-Jack, like, putting on her nose and yeah. or while turning into her, her, basically. And Edna's like, a mini-me? Yeah. Are you kidding? Best day of my life. Yeah. Because that's she's that superficial. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I would watch a whole movie of just their dynamic. Yeah, like if right. they did a Pixar short, Shorts. that was the two of them. And yes. like what happened while they were hanging out, I would totally Please. watch that. Like they well, gave well, they us had that Frozen. Jack Jack thing, didn't they? So just do another one, but like yeah. Jack Jack Attack. Yeah, yeah. Like Edna's babysitting I'm hoping. Jack Jack. But I want it to be that the babysitting is her just making like a thousand yeah, outfits yeah. for him. Oh, and then she goes back to just the, the the red to match the family. But she literally makes everything. What they were doing when. Yeah. yeah like, while, like, while everyone so else was like, gone. The moment that she takes Jack-Jack and like I want to see that, that night of bonding that they had. Yeah. That would yeah. be amazing. Yep. That could be like that. 10 shorts right there. Yep, I'm like, in for it. You could, you could for... make that 30, 30 to 45 minutes long. I would watch that. Mm-hmm. And then you have to keep having Edna calling Bob and Helen and being like, you guys should go out on the town, darling. And I watch Jack Jack. Yes. Let me the baby with me. And they're like, no, we're, we just went out last night. Like, we're okay. Like, we're no. going to be home tonight. And she like just like adamant about trying to watch Jack Jack again. I think that'd be kind of cool. I love it. I'm on game. Did he did turn into Edna mode. That's right. Jack Jack turned to Edna mode. Yeah. Back to Jack Jack. Remy giving you the recap. Remy's reviews. Re- yeah, did, recap Remy. Did you guys? I don't know if it was my theater or if it was everybody. Like, did you guys have like a really long random cut that happened in the middle mm. of the movie? No, no, might have Not been just I your theater. Like it was like. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's like right after an Edna scene, and it's like right when, uh, uh, oh crap, Bob Helen is like oh. waking up. Like there's like a long extended black cut scene. Like, it it, it seemed like that. it was just like it was just a really bad cut, and it's just like a long scene. And like I thought the movie stopped for a second. Like it was a oh, good weird. like three seconds, and I'm just like. Oh. Are we doing See, anything? Because oh. like it goes from like light, and I think Edna says something to just black, nothing, right. nothing, nothing, and then Helen wakes up and she's been captured. See, we we have um, 
Like the movies are digital. I know you guys still do film no, no, reels no, no. where was, you it was, are, it but was <laughs> it, was, it was digital. No, we don't do that anymore. They got rid of all. No, no, yeah, no, it was it was to, digital. And that's why I, like, I was like, it was just a really random cut. Yeah, oh, no, I don't, I, I don't remember having anything that like stood out. No, I don't remember, but I also left at that point. Right out of the theater, so I could have missed it. Truth, truth. If it was there. So, so do you want to get into a rating for this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I guess we can kind we of, of already talk said, about but... music. I guess the only. So it's Giacchino only... G- came back for for this film after literally doing the music for every other Disney film since <laughs> Incredibles. Um, I thought it was uh, seamless. Seamless. It felt right along with the first one. It's probably my favorite. Like the, his scores for these two films are probably my favorite. Not just that he's done, but like. All scores, like I think it perfectly captures like that James Bond nineteen sixties like superhero action thriller type stuff. Like I don't know, I thought the music was really well done. Yeah, that's so iconic. Just that theme, I can listen to that. And when you put the DVD in, and all you hear is that over and over in the middle of the night. I can just listen to that all night. Yeah. What about you, man? What'd you think? Um, I mean, I guess like the only thing I know is that that Incredibles little. Da, 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 da. That's the only thing that I can catch. It's like I, I, yeah, like you know me. I don't, I don't particularly care about music. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not something I go. It's not oh a my make gosh, or break for the music, movie. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't tell you the difference between like Hans Zimmer and I don't know Michael Bay. I say it, neither, <laughs> neither one of those classically trained musicians I care about. Well, since Michael Bay's a director, <laughs> and one actually is, <laughs> and Hans Zimmer actually is, scores but films. to be fair, too, Hans Zimmer, I can't remember what movie it was that we watched. We watched something recently that he did the score for, and I def, I wouldn't have known it was him. It was so diametrically opposite from like sonically what he did with the Dark Knight trilogy that it would like it totally caught me off. It was guard. something animated too. Yeah, it and was we're really like, strange. It's Ferdinand. But, might have been. No, that was John Powell, which also <laughs> caught me off guard because John Powell just did the soundtrack for Solo. So yeah, I was like, I, I knew, oh, that's I knew really someone, interesting. I knew someone like oh, big and popular did Ferdinand. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, John Powell had just done Solo and then did was also the had Lego done Ferdinand. Was the Lego movie? Maybe it was. It was I feel so like it was weird. something really weird. But yeah, so um, I don't know. I, I really liked it though, but I listened you, for that You stuff. listened for the music. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it, it fell right in with the first one, so... On par, <laughs> like the golf. Um, so uh, I guess let's go ahead and rank it. Ooh. So uh, Cloud Cities, this is people's. So out of five, yeah. or we're doing yeah, that yeah, kind of rate. Five. Okay, so out of five, <laughs> five, five out of five, because Jack Jack alone deserves five. Yeah, the fact that there's more than just Jack Jack in this movie makes it that much better. But I was the whole time I kept telling you Jack Jack and the raccoon. That's all I need to see. Like, I know it's going to happen. It's going to go down. There's going to be a big battle. Oh my God. And it was everything I hoped for and more. It was amazing. He was mad. The raccoon was mad. And Jack Jack because he didn't didn't let raccoon. Food out of the trash. Yeah, that's right. He didn't eat the food. Because you of the shouldn't trash. eat food out of the trash, guys. That's right. Jack Jack's trying to protect him. Um, yeah, I mean, for everything that we just talked about, like the, the music, the storyline, the character development, the artwork, and like the animation, everything about this, I think, was 
um, on par, haha, Again. with the with not the first golf. film, if not if not a little bit better, just because it did um, introduce a better villain and put a little bit more intrigue into the into the storyline. I mean, the nostalgia factor for me will always elevate Incredibles, uh, the Incredibles, but Incredibles two for me is five clouds without fail. Cool. So five out of five for you. Yeah, I plan on going to see it again with or without you guys. So. <laughs> and for you. Um, what about you, Dipper? So I am going to give this movie four Dipper Pines. What? Um, nice. I was which I think is uh, three more than Incredibles got. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to give this one four. Like again, my gripe is the characters, and that just like throws me out of the movie. Like those yeah, background characters, mm-hmm. it just it kills me. Like it takes it takes me out so much because then. I'll see a background character that looks normal, and I'll be like, oh, maybe that's, like, a new character who's going to be super cool and is, no, it's just a background character. So, it's like, (laughs) I I don't, I can't tell who's important, who's not important. So then, maybe that's actually a really good thing for the animators, because they just did that well of a job on the background stuff. Yeah. But they didn't do that well of a job on the (laughs) background. they did. Because they don't makes look you good. look at them. Well, then I would have said it, this would have been the first. If they did it that way, this would be the first animated movie of all time where the background characters were as uniquely developed as your main characters, <laughs> which then I feel would be even more confusing because you'd be like, yeah. wait, but that guy has a really cool outfit on. So he must be. No, he's not talking. Oh, he just walked out of frame. OK, but that girl, look at that dress. That's a, no, she just walked out of frame. So maybe it's just distracting. Yeah. I, I feel guess. like Josh is distracted the opposite way. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, like, all of those background characters are boring and they're in the background. Well, just because they're in the background doesn't mean that they can't have character. Like, uh, like what we talked about in the Tycho episode. Like, what they did in the backgrounds of all that gave that house character. Um, speaking of the house, I don't know how many sofas they ruined, and I know that they bust the wall... <laughs> And break like two things of glass, but oh, yeah. they're automatically fixed in the next scene. So well, I'm gonna <laughs> guess that's what the house does. It just auto fixes. I guess I don't know if they have somebody like really good, but I mean, if I'm uh, what's Bob Odenkirk's character? I can't remember. Winston. Winston. If Winston is like constantly getting a bill, it's like maybe I put them up in like a hotel or something. <laughs> you know, maybe I. But I, I think a Winston's... nice hotel, but. Winston's money is uh, limitless. Is limitless that he's like, that's the small house. Yeah. But, but here's the Do thing, though: you if you're rich and you have to spend money on something that you didn't do, it's like, Wait a why am I spending this money? Yeah, especially but if, if someone it... breaks, like, because they they break the ceiling a few times. Like Jack Jack goes through <laughs> a roof, and you're like. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's a lot of interior stuff that they're going to have to do. They're going to have to reshingle the roof, like everything. <laughs> thinking about the house. But I feel like if you're, if you're that rich and you are that big a fan of superheroes, you're almost like excited, like, oh, superhero broke my couch. That's like like if you're fanning out at a concert and like the well, singer's no. sweat lands on you and you're like, oh, he sweated no, on me. Like you get excited. That's like the Selena movie. The, yeah, where the bumper, the gets, bumper gets pulled off by the bus of Selena's. Ah, the bus of Selena's. Yeah. yeah. You're excited. That, yeah, so I think if anything, Bob or Winston was probably kind of pumped. I would have liked if there had been like over in the corner, like a bunch of broken couches. Like <laughs> that, that the would have been family great. had just stacked it off to the corner. Or outside like, in yeah. the, in yeah, the, the garbage. 
Or Bob went and bought duct tape and tried to like tape them back together. Like he was trying to fix it because he didn't want to be a bad house guest. Maybe that was one of the plot lines that, that had, to, had to be erased. Possibly. But I don't see that developing into a third film. <laughs> Bob repairing furniture. That, that I don't know. Doesn't sound like I a five-star five no, movie. Wait, was Bob the Builder? Was that Nick or was that like Disney Junior? That PBS. Nick, I think. Oh. Bob the Builder was Nickelodeon. Okay, yeah, then I guess because Handy Manny Andy is Mandy. Disney Junior, and he's the Spanish one. <laughs> See, I was gonna think if it's Handy Manny, it's like somebody that's like always touching people. <laughs> like, hey, no, get off Handy Manuel. No, I get it. Like Although... Handy, like he's a handyman. But like, if you're like Handy Manny, like, oh, you're like, that's a whole different show. Yeah, it's a very. That should not be on it's Disney not a, Channel. It's not a kid show at all. Comedy Central, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's a Netflix original animated series. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be so pissed when that comes out, and right? we are not getting any money for it. It was all my plan. <laughs> um. So real quick, Gavin, what did you think about the movie? Hey, everybody, this is Gavin, and I am just here to give my short review of Incredibles 2 since I couldn't be on the show this week. So The Incredibles 2 was an amazing film. I really enjoyed it from end to end. The story this time around centered on Helen Parr instead of Bob. And we really got to see a lot more from her and her Elastigirl persona. I really did like that. I liked that they could flip the script and and still keep it feeling a little bit new. And it wasn't as samey as you might expect it to be. Uh, And a lot of that was because I felt like the, the rest of the family played different roles than they did in the previous film. Especially the kids. I really loved how the kids were much more a part of the team and much more involved in accomplishing the goals uh, that they had in front of them, even if it was intentional or not. And I I just liked seeing that. I liked seeing the development from them. Um, You know, as far as uh, Helen and Bob, I think we got to see a little bit more from them, but I think most of the development was from the kids. And, you know, I I enjoyed Violet's story and her struggles, especially with her romantic life. But I really enjoyed Dash a lot. I thought he was really hilarious in this movie. Um, He made me laugh out loud several times. I just loved his little boy sense of humor. Um, But to be quite honest, I feel like Jack Jack stole the show. I think that his character was immensely entertaining uh, the raccoon fight alone was totally worth it. And he might just be my new favorite superhero. I love the unpredictability of, of his multiple powers and what he can do. Uh, but I thought the story was really strong and the characters were really good. I like that they didn't inject or introduce you to a ton of new main characters all of the new characters just seem to kind of be little side characters that kind of helped the story move along you know we got a few new superheroes in there which i thought were all very creative and and neat Um, but we didn't have to be too involved in what they were doing and even the villain in this case was um, almost secondary to the plot I thought the villain was good. Uh, I thought the idea of screen slaver was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I, I, my one criticism would be that it was a little predictable, you know, that, you know, who ended up being behind screen slaver, but you know, that's a small criticism and I, I think it played out well, uh, and resolved itself well in the end. 
as far as the artwork in this movie, obviously this is a full generation removed from the animation quality that we had 14 years ago when the original film came out. So on that level, the textures and the lighting and you know all of the actual animation in this movie was so much better than the original and it was just exquisite it was really good to look at the action was animated very well the effects were beautiful the only criticism i have here would be that the characters didn't quite look the same as the original characters you know obviously their skin and their hair and their the textures in their costumes were going to be a little more fleshed out but i felt like the actual composition of some of the characters didn't quite look the same and to me it stood out most with dash i felt like he was a little taller and um you know like he'd grown up a little and i don't think we were supposed to have seen any real aging because this happens right after the original movie so that threw me off a little bit but other than that i thought the character design was really really good um and the the design of the new heroes was really good i liked all of them I particularly liked the Crusher character. I thought he was really cool. Um, and then, you know, the environments that they uh, live in and interact with were just amazing. I loved the the house that they got to stay in, that kind of mid-century, ultra-modern kind of look. Uh, reminded me a little bit of um, Gru's lair in despicable me not Gru's lair but uh his nemesis's lair in uh, the first despicable me movie with the the shark tank underneath it but they had cool like you know movable tiles on the floor with water features and i don't know i just thought it was really cool so i liked all of that um and then the music for the movie it was very much in keeping with the original movie so it kind of had that spy movie feel kind of a traditional spy sound but they just kind of evolved it to a you know a new a bit of a new sound and a new for a new movie and i thought it worked really well um you know i i laughed many times in this movie i found it intense i found it touching basically all the emotions that pixar is really good at, at just pulling out of you i think they did a great job and though i am tiring of pixar sequels i I do feel like this is among their better sequels, probably the best in the best two or three sequels they've ever done. So I, I give this one two thumbs up um, on my rating scale. I do give it five Jiminy crickets. I have always loved the Incredibles and I thought they did it justice with this sequel and that it was entertaining from beginning to end. So I totally recommend going to see it if you haven't already, and I will probably see it at least one more time in the theater. Thanks for having me, guys. Hope you have a great week. Stay super. Excellent, Gavin. Thanks. Seemed a bit long on the tooth, but okay. <laughs> I know. Could you have, like, either spoke, spoken faster or, like, cut it down a little bit? I mean... Or to us. Yeah. That would have been Well, nice. he, he originally sent in <laughs> 20 minutes. So I was able to I was able to whittle that down to six. Right, the bullet points. Yeah. It took a lot of editing. <laughs> Sounds like a but lot you, of work. But you still left the ums in, which just seems odd to me. I feel like those are the things you could have cut out, you know, without fail. No. Anyway, Gavin, I agree. It is five out of five. Yeah, top notch. 
It was incredible. <laughs> like golf. Um, so, guys, where can everybody find you? Where are we, Liam? On the interwebs. Um, Cloud CityCast at Twitter and Instagram. You can email us, cloudcitycast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to hit me up individually, you can hit me up at Liam Bright. I'm at Citizen of Disney. Uh, Remy is also at Liam Bright and Citizen of Disney. Cool. Oh, um, Remy's just at Liam Bright now, so you can only sorry, find him Remy. on my stuff. Yeah, I've been disowned. It's okay. Well, I have more time on my hands now, yeah. so it's really nice. Every day actually. is Dadder Day now. <laughs> it's Father Sunday. Okay with me. <laughs> uh, golf. Um, Dad jokes. Where, where can they find you, Josh? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at Animate Podcast, on Facebook Animation Station Podcast. You can also find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. Or you can go to our website, animationstationpodcast.com, to find all of our episodes there. You can download those, download those absolutely free charge. So, yeah. Pay shipping. Yeah, you pay <laughs> but you can download them for free. Um, uh, also, check us out on Unlocked. Um, all of our stuff is on there. Um, if you catch it while it's live, it's free. Um, so anything that is live there, you get to watch for free. You pay a small fee if you would like to watch some of our older content on there, though. But yeah, definitely check that out. And be sure and go on iTunes and rate and review both Cloud CityCast and Animation Station podcasts. Because we need those. Those are nice. It does help with the rankings. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what bumps us up a little bit. And more people come to find us. It's great. We like that. Yeah. Because we like to talk to you guys. We just like to talk. That's why we do podcasts. I was going to say just talk, but I didn't want it to come off that <laughs> way. You didn't want to come <laughs> off like me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, guys. I mean, I know it's been a long time since I was on your show, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, no one's bitter about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming we on keep again. Having, we keep trying to have Gavin on, but you know, it's <laughs> gross. No, I feel like we keep saying we need to have Josh on an episode and then it's always like a news episode that's going to come out. I'm like, yeah, but Josh doesn't like the what news. What are we going to talk well, about? Well, we were going to do a Deadpool review and then yeah. we just didn't do that. We never did it. So. It, it I don't think either one of us liked Deadpool 2 enough to be like, we need to talk about this for an hour. It was more of like a Deadpool 2 is really good. You guys should go and see it. Yeah. We didn't do a review for Deadpool 1. Like That's true. We didn't. We do hour and a half long, two hour long reviews for MCU movies only. We are definitely homers when it comes to that. So, <laughs> Well, it sticks with our... Everything under the Disney umbrella. Star yes. Wars, Disney, and Marvel. It's in our um, Spoilers for Deadpool. The X-Men were in it. Yes. For all of 13, yes. like 30 seconds while the door closed. It was, it was magical. Yes, it was friggin' awesome. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt. Oh my god, Brittany I missed, missed that part too. What the heck, Brittany? I, I walked out to the restroom and the fun part happened with them, like, you know, signing X-Force. on. And yeah, being X-Force. And then it gets to them, I don't know, were they on the plane? Is yeah, that they, what yeah, happened? Yeah, they parachute out of the plane. I go to the restroom. I come back in and Liam tells me, oh, by the way, what's his name was freaking... Vanisher. Was Brad Pitt. I was like, don't lie to me. And he goes, no, he was really Brad Pitt. I'm like... He was, he was credit no. By the way, they're all dead except Domino. 
And they and and as a credits roll, I go, look, see Brad Pitt, and like she missed it. I look, I'm like, I missed it. You're lying to me. She again. was like, I know you're lying to me, and I was like, oh my I god. I didn't believe him. I had to uh, Google it. Yeah, and then I even went on, and I, she was like, that's Wikipedia. I'm not going to trust that Wikipedia. She was like, you could have gone on there and added, and I was like, I would have had to go through a lot to get this joke to work. Like, no, just trust me. <laughs> You've been setting it up for months. Yeah. <laughs> And Matt Damon, Matt Damon, continuously putting wonderful cameos in all movies. Right, still, Especially for still not his best Marvels. cameo, but it's up there. Is Matt Damon in there? Yeah, he, he the two truckers that were sitting there when Cable oh, yes. first pops in. Oh, yeah, Alan, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. I knew it was Alan Tudyk because he just looked like him. Yeah, well, you could tell when he talks. No, you just, he looked like him and. I, I honestly I thought know. it was going to be a, like a Tucker and Dale versus Evil type thing. That's what I thought it was when I saw those two. Because I saw on Tedek and I was like, wait a sec. That's, but no, it wasn't Tucker and Dale. It was on Tedek and Matt Damon. Nice. Well, I mean, I guess if we, I mean, if you want to, we can definitely do a review for, for Deadpool. Deadpool. Um, I already, we already did one. That was it. We already did one for yeah. That was it. That, that was that was Deadpool. That was our Deadpool review. There yeah. you go. Hope you guys like that. Uh, be sure and counting that as an episode. Did you guys catch the Stan Lee cameo? <laughs> yes. The, the billboard. Oh yeah, Brittany wouldn't have seen it. I was like, what was it? He's he's like on the side of a building. Oh, yeah. was it? I know. Yeah, I missed that, that one was, too. That was that cameo. I thought he was like a one of the um, the busts in. Uh, mansion or something yeah he was yeah. yeah he was also a bust in the mansion yeah so i figured that was yeah he's on a bill he's on a billboard but then he's also one of the busts when deadpool's going through and breaking yeah. things oh, one of the busts that. in the mansion as well yeah. i didn't even see that so i caught that cameo but i didn't catch he's also he he's also fred's thing. dad yeah. in uh big, big hero, hero six. six yes yeah. that's that to me is I probably the best that. i don't go to the restroom for animated movies unless that kid has to go to yeah. the restroom <laughs> Yeah, usually, and usually he doesn't have to go for animated ones, but when they're live action for some reason, oh yeah, that's right, because they're like an hour longer than yeah. animated films. He did not see well, th- And like, we didn't even talk about this. <laughs> no. This movie was two hours long. That's yeah, this was long intense. animated movie. We went to the they 6 o'clock. We, yeah, we went to the 6 o'clock showing on Thursday night, Could've and when we walked out, it was 8.30, and I was like, how long was that movie? Like, it didn't feel like it when we were in it, but definitely I was not expecting it to be that long. But luckily, it kept, I think, all of the kids' attention spans. I don't think there was any kid in there that lost it. No. Because usually when you go for a premiere, or even just a kid movie, you expect to hear a kid cry or like, I need to go to the bathroom, I need to do this. Um, no kids got up. They were all invested the whole time. So what... One thing I thought was super funny, I saw somebody had tweeted, um, I'm going to Incredibles 2 tonight. All of you need to leave your kids at home so I can enjoy this movie. <laughs> and I was thinking about it, and I was like, dude, 14 years ago, you were that obnoxious kid in the movie theater that ruined the movie for me because I was only 21. Yep. So guess what? I'm going to bring my kid to the movie. And just because I want to find you which seat you in. Yeah, I'm right? going to sit right next to you because my kid actually behaves himself in the movie theater. Other than the times where he turns to Brittany and says, Mom, I want more popcorn. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course, kid. You need more popcorn. Uh, like like I was saying, like my like my five-year-old. The five-year-old next to me, totally great. <laughs> the dinks, though, yeah. loud the whole entire movie. Like when uh, What's-His-Face, like, barfed, she was like, Ew, that's gross. Like, How old did up. they look? I don't know, like 40. What? <laughs> what? Oh no! Yeah, no. She was not my age. She was older than I was. Like, I don't know if these were like grandparents checking out the movie for their 
grandchild. They or were like gonna be seeing it before their. Kids. I really thought you were saying they were gonna be like early twenties. Oh, I'm like, no. oh, they were just obnoxious people on their phones. They were they were like uh, mid thirties. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like okay, they, so yeah, just obnoxious me. people. And then like they left, and so like I, it was one of those things where like I like to stay during the credits. Just because yeah, I mean, oh yeah, we we sit through to the end, not the just because of cutscenes or but like extra just credit to scenes. Enjoy. It's something my mother used to do is she would always sit to appreciate everybody that worked on yeah. the film. So she would sit till the very end, and then what was it? I think it was like young Sherlock Holmes had like a post credit scene, and when she saw that, she was like, "Oh my god, I'm definitely staying for every movie." Because my father used to always know. be like, "Can we go? Can we go?" And then when that happened, she was like, "See, now you're definitely gonna want to stay." <laughs> Yeah, so like I, I I had to leave early though because I was the only one left in the theater and they were cleaning, and yeah, like the guy was kind of like looking at me like, "Dude, bro, leave." So I was like, okay, I, I had to leave. So I I I don't know. Was was there any any little thing at the very very end? Uh, the very very end. Just it's an from... animated or like a little like like pixel two day two D animation thing of the um, underminers drill. Going across oh. the bottom of the screen. That was nice. It. I, I, I did they, like oh. they did, we got the Elastigirl little little theme song at the, in the credits. Yes. I thought that was oh, good. Yeah. Well, you get that one. You get Frozone's theme song, yeah, yeah. and it sounds like Shaft. You get the Mr. Incredible theme in song, the, the pow, pow, pow. That was fun. Um, no, but they did uh, do the rest, or not rest in peace, but the the film was uh, dedicated to Bud, to Bud Lucky. Lucky, yes. Because he was the original uh, Rick. Rick Dicker, uh, Rick, Dicker. Rick Dicker, who it was the other guy from Breaking Bad, the bodyguard, Mike, uh, Mike, yeah, Mike, oh, really? bodyguard. That's yeah. not him. Yeah, that was the guy that did the voice. Oh, that did this voice, the yeah, new yeah, one. Yeah, 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 the new guy, oh, okay. uh, Jonathan like... Banks. Yeah, Jonathan Banks oh, from, cool. from Breaking Bad. That yeah, is so awesome. he was Rick Dicker, but yeah, it was dedicated to the memory of Bud Lucky, who passed away in February of this yeah, year. Yeah, February of this year. So. He was Eeyore as well, and he couldn't reprise Eeyore yep. for the new Christopher Robin movie. Well, it's Brad Garrett now. It, it sounds good. Yeah, it still sounds so, good, but... It's just still sad. But lucky. Yeah, so you, that's all. That was at the end end, I think. So do you think you will see this again in theaters? Um, Maybe. Like, I may see it on... It's one of those, like, I, I, I'm really bad about seeing movies twice in theaters. Unless it's something like... Jurassic World or something like that. Like I, I wanted to see Deadpool two again in theaters. I just never, never did it. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm bad about seeing a movie twice in theater. It has to be like really, really good. We were talking about that because it's like now, yeah. It just ends up being too expensive to try to go a second time to see a film because it's like every month there's another movie we want to go see. So it's like, oh, last month we had Deadpool and Solo. And the month before that we had Infinity War. And then next month we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the month after that, I think we have Christopher Robin. Robin. So it's like every month there's something going on. And we want to see, there's other movies too, surprisingly. Jurassic World. We want to see Jurassic World. We want to see Tag. We want to see, I want to take Remy to Hotel Transylvania 3 because he freaking loves those movies. that comes out next uh, month So there's too many movies out there that just can't yeah well i mean i i have the and it's it's good like if you're a single person um like i have i have i have amc stubs so we get five dollar movies on tuesdays so that's usually a good time to go see one that like you're you miss it opening weekend but you still get it that first week right yeah that's probably what we end up doing like if there's a movie that 
probably like tag or yeah. you know hotel transylvania we'll probably go on a yeah. tuesday because yeah like usually for me that that's, that's gonna cost me like a fiber and that's it because like i i don't yeah. get drinks or anything at the theater so i, just, I get like, the free ones because with regal with points you just constantly add them add up and then like for seven thousand points you're like get a free popcorn get a free this yeah, like, I, that's like, the only time i get them you get the you get the stubs reward so like you get like a like five dollars you can like throw towards like a ticket or something in concessions mm-hmm. and i just usually just that's where i usually buy my tickets it's like i'll wait till i have like ten dollars in tickets and buy a ticket and i'm done that's smart yeah nice because like no, that works yeah because like, i don't i don't eat popcorn i don't buy like the 13 dollar nachos at the movie theater <laughs> and stuff like that so i'm like ah. oh, we yeah. do every now and then yeah i'll like, buy i'll buy the eight dollar pizza you'll do the pizza <laughs> We go, what we got to do is we have to start going to five guys across the street and smuggle it in. That's how you do it. And just and just eat burgers, but then the aluminum foil, everyone's going to hear it. Well, so. and then the theater. Well, I guess that's any food. The theater starts smelling. Like, like when people start opening up all their food around you and you're like, you had this, you had that, and none of those things are sold oh, in this theater. Who sushi to a movie <laughs> oh, the theater. worst is beef jerky. It's like when you open oh, up gross. beef jerky, you're like, someone's got beef jerky. <laughs> Like everybody oh. wants it, the rest of the film. Okay, I guess we need to go. Yeah. You're closing in on two hours yeah. here. So. All right, so for the uh, Animation Station podcast, I'm Josh. For Cloud City Cast, I'm Liam. I'm Brittany. Bye bye, little butterfly. I, I make, make the, the world, world a better place. place.